For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Turkey and uh, Syria rightly dominates uh, the international news and indeed the national and local also because we have uh, uh, quite a large um, community of uh, Turkish people living on Leaside. Now, sadly, the latest update with regards to deaths from the various earthquakes now stands at over 9,600 people killed. Um, uh, also, some incredible stories of survival making the papers this morning. But the Echo today picks up on Cork's Turkish community rallying now to help the victims of Monday's devastating earthquake. I'm reading from the Echo this morning um, with a load of supplies due to leave the city on Friday morning, uh, destined for the thousands of survivors. And Evren, who has Nostra restaurant on Marlborough Street, is one of the um, Turkish uh, community members who's putting all of this together. And I talk about the, um, you know, 9,600 people reported dead already. And Evren is talking about up to 20,000 people missing and at least 10,000 people buried under collapsed buildings. Now, I'll tell you more about the drop-off points if you want to give um, and, and be part of the shipload of goods and clothing and baby food and torches and tents and other supplies uh, to help the stricken communities. Uh, but the incredible stories of survival, there was an amazing clip yesterday of a dad um, in the rubble, um, you know, encouraging his daughter uh, to stay calm and daddy's here and I love you and we're going to get you out. And they did get her out. And there's another one in the examiner then when a story of when a father can't let go. Sometimes photographs just capture exactly what needs to be captured more than words can ever do. And buildings just collapse. They literally pancaked from the roof all the way down to the ground. And could you imagine then you had a 15-year-old daughter trapped on her bed with, oh my God, so much rubble and literally huge chunks of concrete on top of the bed. And he's holding her hand and they got her out. It's an incredible story. And then there was the other one that was being reported overnight. It's the most amazing story of a newborn baby pulled alive from the rubble of a of a, of a home in northern Syria, um, literally just having been born in the rubble. Sadly, uh, the, the mother of the baby, her mother died and the umbilical cord was still attached to mum, uh, killed in the quake. It's awfully sad. So they call that the miracle of the quake. You may have seen some of the video footage then of rescuers taking the newborn baby away to safety after her mum gave birth while trapped up in the, in, trapped in the rubble and passed away the misfortune. It's oh so sad. Uh, papers this morning talk of other things. Obviously they do. And Leaside, a uh, very serious uh, assault probe is underway now. An investigation has been launched. This is an alleged serious assault at the CAMS unit down at Aistling Child and Adolescent Inpatient Unit at Besborough on the 16th of January. Now, there's not much more I can say about this because it is, you know, a pending investigation. It's an allegation and it involved minors. Uh, it's alleged to have involved minors. So I'll say no more about it than that. But the Gardaí did confirm, they confirmed to us and they confirmed to the Echo as well that they're investigating an alleged incident that's reported to have occurred. There's 16 beds of the facility. It's uh, an inpatient child and adolescent service and supports the operation of eight different uh, teams who deal with uh, children and adolescents uh, within the mental health services. So it's a headline making the Echo today, CAMS unit assault uh, probe. There were a few interesting court cases uh, and, and the judge was right actually, Judge Marion O'Leary when she said you know, road rage is one thing 
but spitting on someone is completely something else. And a motorist spat into a woman's face. It was road rage that went pear-shaped, as they're saying in the court reports in the Echo this morning. But the sentencing judge said the assault was more than just road rage. Without going into too much detail, a fellow called Tyg Waters is before the courts. He pleaded guilty to the charge of assaulting the woman at Duke Cloyne Industrial Estate in 2020. Apparently one car is alleged to have caught up the other car, you know, cutting ahead. And when, when the two cars came together, windows were rolled down and there was a conversation about the quality of driving. And then apparently a man spits into the woman's face then. Um, apparently the judge will finalise the matter with regards to sentencing uh, on the 13th of February. But um, road rage is never too far from this programme. We tell you of awful incidents of it. A lot of the time it's court reports, but sometimes it's actually captured uh, on uh, you know video footage from people's mobile phones. Uh, and then, of course, as people just tried to tread water, they call it the shop of horrors on the front of the mirror this morning where grocery bills um, in a typical family, uh, an average Irish family, call that whatever you wish, is now paying €1,100 higher this year, year on year. Inflation hits a record high and, of course, supermarket shopping and products in the supermarkets have gone north. So they're putting the figure out at at €1,160 more on your annual shopping bill. Where that money's been found, I don't know. It would seem that a lot more people now are buying own brand. And, of course, with even within own brand, you've got own brand and you've got own brand premium. So people are being much, much more savvy now about going for the own brand options, whether that could be an Aldi or a Lidl or a Super Value or a Tesco or a Dunn's or whatever the case may be. But certainly the mail reminds us that parents are going hungry to feed their children because you just can't magic up the money. So nearly a third of parents are skipping meals themselves or they're having smaller portion sizes than, say, 12 months ago or two years ago so that their children would have enough to eat And I suppose it's even more important then that children who really need feeding are fed in school, if at all possible. One story, actually, that I should have mentioned when I was talking about the court reports is one that I was keeping an eye on there for the past couple of weeks. And it's the story of Dean Paget, this 36-year-old. Remember I was telling you about him? uh, Violent, violent man. Uh, And he was the guy who told his heavily pregnant partner that he'd ripped the unborn daughter out of of her um, with regards to... Uh, his attempted murder of his former partner, Lisa Ward. He got 13 years jail yesterday. Uh, so he'll be hot behind bars for a lengthy period of time, and rightly so. And then with the carry-on with regards to the government, um, you know, uh, on nursing home charges, and then other people who should have been getting their disability allowances and weren't when they were in the care of the state. Awful stuff, really. Not the kind of thing you should be doing to citizens of your own country on a government's watch, or indeed successive government government watches. Apparently, the Attorney General has come out and said that these secret strategies were actually sound. Um, and uh, the, the, it's hard to believe, but the opposition says... It may have been legal, but it certainly was callous. Um, and then Irish Rail make the papers this morning because you know that we haven't had any um, you know, food or drink services on our, on the trains in the Republic. Now, they do have them on the Dublin to, to Belfast train where you can get food and drink. Not a bother on you. But in the 26 counties, none of it. So they're thinking now of putting in vending machines, according to the examiner this morning, on the intercity rail services. Maybe that's the way it's going. I don't know. Maybe they'll only use vending machines. Maybe it'll be just a, a short-term measure until they get somebody to do the contract. But the suspension is three years now. Uh, since there was any food or beverages on any train. And it all happened at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic back in 2020. So vending machines, what that might be, I don't know. Sandwiches, crisps, chocolates, rough coffee. 
bottles of water, stuff like that. And are you going to work? Well, would you fancy working one day less because we're getting ever closer and apparently Sinn Féin are all for it if they're ever in government and who knows if that might happen. Uh, a four-day week. Um, does that mean in a four-day week that you work longer hours, slightly longer hours for the four days that you go in and you have the Fridays off? I'd love to know how it works. Uh, I suppose it wouldn't be the case that you just do, you know, the, the, the same amount of hours and less days. I mean, on, when you're doing less days, I imagine you have to do a little longer days. But employers are up for it, apparently. And the survey says that it will happen sooner or later. Other countries have it. And then when you look at the days that people are actually going to work, the mail this morning says Wednesday is the most popular day of the week, not Friday. Wednesday is the most popular day of the week for actually going into work, followed by Tuesdays and Thursdays. Fridays and Mondays are still no-goes. Apparently, apparently to those that are working from home, only 10% of staff actually go in on a Monday or a Friday. It's like anywhere between 60 and 70% of staff, for instance, on a Wednesday. And in the ever-changing world we live in, and this kind of ties in uh, very interestingly to uh, the reboot of Faulty Towers, uh, and some are saying, don't do it, don't do it, you won't be able to replicate anything as brilliant as that from the 1970s because you wouldn't get away with that kind of comedy. So Basil Fawlty and his daughter, apparently, uh, Camilla, have put together what's described as an excellent script for a reboot of uh, Fawlty Towers. But of course, it wouldn't have Manuel, because sadly, Andrew Sachs, who played Manuel, the Spanish waiter, died in 2016. And Prunella Scales, who played Basil's wife, Sybil, retired from acting in 2010, following her Alzheimer's diagnosis. And Connie Booth, uh, who in real life, John Cleese was married to for a period of time, she, and she co-wrote the two series back in the 70s. She quit acting in 1995. It doesn't say that she wouldn't come back. Uh, I think it would be fantastic just because I just thought those 13 episodes were just unbelievable. I would also love to see some sort of a reboot of Only Fools and Horses, but what are you going to do? Who knows if that will happen? And don't even talk about Frasier because Frasier's coming back again. Uh, But there are many people who are saying, don't do it. A lot of the cast don't want to come back. Um, and sometimes you need to just leave things alone. Uh, but I don't know, it's back. But the papers this morning are saying, you won't get away with that kind of humour from the 1970s. And the mail says, Basil Fawlty's back, but he'd better tone down that unwoke humour from the 1970s. It just wouldn't be acceptable. So more on that a little later on. But I mentioned that because in the changing world that we have in, that we're living in, the UK Times this morning is saying, God, whomever you wish to know God to be, but the prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, um, could well be in the future referred to in non-gender terms because the Church of England now are looking at how to uh, use better terms that are more acceptable to all rather than he or him. Uh, apparently many priests already to repla- are already replacing the terms he or him with the word God. And some have even gone further by starting the Lord's Prayer now or the Our Father by referring to God as our father and mother who art in heaven rather than just father. So that's a story from uh, the English Times today. And there's a character above in Dublin, a fitness trainer who lost um, quite a substantial amount of uh, weight, like half a stone in a month by eating 10 slices of pizza a day. Now, apparently, I imagine there must have been healthy pizzas because he made them at home himself. He didn't order them up and they weren't delivered by Four Star or Domino's or Rossini's or anything like that. But uh, he made his own. But um, apparently, in spite of eating just pizza, 
like 10 slices a day, he still dropped weight and the photographs are there to prove it. It looks, I mean, they say half a stone. It looks to me as if the guy lost maybe two stone, but there you go. I suppose the camera lies. And the papers are also saying to those of you that are looking for love, um, that using dating apps like Tinder might even make it harder to find love because the sun says this morning it can lead to partner choice overload. Too much swiping left and right. Apparently, it will make you an awful lot more overwhelmed and you'll get very stressed by it and less likely because to find love because you're just swiping too much. But there is a serious story related to Tinder and I leave it at that uh, with this final story. And uh, it's this, this man who teamed up with this woman on Tinder. They met, right? And to cut a long story short, he went back to her house the next day. She returned home to find him in the house. He put a knife to her neck and told her he'd kill her if she didn't hand over money. She gave him her bag containing her passport, 150 euro, and all of her cards uh, and her mobile phone, uh, and he left. And apparently he was such a saucy character that sometime later, while the Gardaí were investigating, uh, he got in touch saying that he'd give all her stuff back for 3,000 euro. Now, the guards found him. Uh, quite quickly, actually, because uh, he was easily tracked down because of the phone that he used, had used. I think the date started, you see, in her house. And, of course, then he knew where she lived. I don't want to be putting the fright of, you know, frightening people or putting the fear of God into you, but it's a story and it did happen. So you need to be aware. Text 0868104106. Text, uh, uh, on a, actually, amazing response overnight to cash. And the acceptance or the non-acceptance of cash in particularly restaurants or in delis or cafes or fast food outlets or, or pubs. So I want to drill into that a little later on. But back to the phone lines we go for live business. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Back to the phones we go because this is uh, stuff that's happening as we speak. Uh, Lisa, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? Uh, this is an alert, is it? Uh, I suppose to, to motorists yes. primarily up around uh, up around the stirrup and Ballyvalan, is it? That's right. It's also an ongoing issue with these horses, but they've managed to get out this morning onto the road uh, just before the stirrup bar. On the left hand side, there's a little area where they can get out of the field. They've been put. It was an old road. There's two concrete blocks there, but they've managed to get round them. Now I've gone back a few times because I was driving to Carrick from Ballyvalan this morning, and I've managed to kind of get them in. But I can't stay there all day. Um, How would you get them in? Hard. I mean, are you handy at that I kind of thing? Not really, but my children went horse riding for over 10 years, so I used to be around horses. Horses that are looked after, these horses aren't, unfortunately. I've I've been ringing places about them for about a month and a half. There's more and more of them arriving. I've even bought feed and thrown it up over uh, there. When the you hedge. say they're not being looked after, you mean, are they're they, they look, are they, they're starving, yeah. Yeah, sure, they're only eating muck. There's no grass in those fields. And there's more and more of them arriving. They're all underweight. It's it's dreadful. They're standing there in all weathers. I've rang several places. I won't say the names now, but I was told, get feed if you can. Uh, they couldn't do anything. And I was also told that as long as there's a hedge or a wall somewhere in the vicinity, that that's considered. But that's terribly cruel, though. The nights are very <laughs> cold. It's outrageous. And, and no I mean, food. And, and food is energy. Animals. No, they have nothing. They're literally eating muck. And I managed to get some feed, but that's not going to... What I'm giving them is nothing. There's too many of them. There's more and more coming now. There's more in further field, closer to Balavalan again. We don't know who owns them. I've tried to find out who owns the fields. 
I'm getting just brick wall everywhere. And how and many I'm when you add them all up? How many horses? Uh, about 25. About 25. Of all ages, is it? Well, to be honest with you, most of them are quite young. They're all uh, definitely underfed. There's a couple of foals there who just stand shivering in the rain. I'm oh, driving out back that road it all the time. It's heartbreaking. heartbroken to hear that. It's shocking. And then this morning, they've managed to get out. And now I've literally, they're just up a little lane. So I don't know what's going to happen. They'll come back out onto the road. Um, I've warned as many people as I can. Again, I rang the guards and everything this morning but I always get the same response I suppose you know we don't know who owns them we can't interfere but there has to be somebody in Cork that's willing to actually do they've got to be trying animals. to get out of the field because they're going searching yeah. for something to they're eat starving. aren't they they're starving. what did you and bring I mean, them to I've eat horses looked after just literally it's just kind of a hay I managed to get it through a friend of mine she bought it in a co-op um, down the country obviously they, they must sell it in the co-op I've never known that because where I used to go the horses are looked after and they get their feed brought in and I've never seen horses treated cruelly I've seen them looked after and they're unbelievably intelligent animals you know and they've just been left there to rot and tell me and this how did they respond them. when you brought the food Oh, it was like a stampede. <laughs> They're just eating muck. They just all ran down for this tiny bit of feed. It's ridiculous what I gave. But I'm going to try and get some more. I think he said it was on the way to y'all in a co-op there. Where he picked it up, a friend of mine. Oh, well, should we try and organise some it. sort of an emergency feed for the misfortunes? Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely dreadful. They've no shelter, but apparently I've been told legally, as long as there's a fence or a wall or a bit of a hedge anywhere in their eyeline, that that's that's considered okay that's shelter it's not shelter but apparently legally that's that's what happens and I'm just trying to find out if there's somebody there has to be somebody that can do something I don't know if they can be seized I don't know the legalities of it but they're going to get killed they're going to come out on the road again the next person's going to hit them and that's it. Uh, yeah, you I know, mean, we don't want right them hit by cars or causing an accident nope. or getting anybody nope. killed in their car, hitting them or anything like and that. And it's a blind spot uh, as well. And like someone that does hit them won't see them coming I if know. they just step out of where they are. That's it. Okay, you so th- you would think that that should probably be a guard matter now if they're out. Definitely. I the rang road. them earlier this morning on the way to Carrigan They said they'd come. But like I've, I, hung, I hung around there, I came back from Carrigan I went out again. I've gone in and out. I brought them into this, what I'd call a little lane where it used to be a road. Um, and that's the best I could do, but still no sign of them. So I'm we sure don't know why they're kept the there or what they used for. That, that quantity of them would be, I mean, it's, it, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they, would, they wouldn't have 25 pet horses. Like they must no, have a purpose. No, you don't. No, you don't. I, well, to be honest, it doesn't look, I mean, not one of them has a coat. Um, right. Well, I suppose they're not going to have a coat if they have no food, but there's no more of them. Uh, they started appearing further in towards Balavalan in the other fields, so there's actually more of them and now. there's no one uh, calling to feed them? You've never seen nope. anybody? I've never seen anyone, right. and I've everyone on the lookout, and if someone fed them, they must be invisible. There's just nobody. There's just right. more horses okay. appearing. Okay. It, and it's just okay. desperately upsetting. Okay, hold, hold on there, if you will, because I'll Thanks. chat now in two seconds to Vince Cashman from the CSPCA, but I think Marie wants to pick up on what you're, what you're talking you. about. Marie, good morning. Hang on a second, let me just, let me do this. Uh, no, she should be online five but she's uh, she's not so I go I'll tell you what I do I'll go to Vince and see if we can find out what's going on here Vincent Cashman from the CSPCA Vince good morning good morning is this um, whose jurisdiction is this firstly is is it legal what's happening to these horses is it not deemed to be cruelty okay the the horse ownership in Ireland is is very very simple Um, the land of the horses 
is kept on must be um, equine registered. If you're the owner of a horse, the horse must be passported, microchipped. And everything must be done through the Department of Agriculture. But the problem with a lot of these horses is nobody knows who owns them. They're not microchipped. Um, some people refuse to get their horses microchipped. And then if there's an accident, if the, like these horses get out on the road and somebody crashes into them, it's, there is nobody responsible for them. Even if you can trace the owner, you wouldn't be able to prove it, is it? If you can, if you can trace the owner, there you go. You can trace the owner. But if, if the only way of tracing them is by um, microchip or if somebody comes forward okay. and if they've been involved in an accident, they're not going to come forward. Okay, so why would we have 25 horses in a field altogether, notwithstanding the fact they're not being fed and they're emaciated and shivering with the cold? Um, because they're, they're uncontrolled breeding. Uncontrolled breeding and also they don't care. What are they being? What, what what is the purpose of keeping twenty five horses like that? Can you say some of them are kept as a status symbol that they have that, that they have that amount of horses? Um, others then as well. We've seen people living inside in they could be living in a terraced house, and they decide oh, there's a there's a there's a field idle up the road. I'm just going to get two horses and I'm going to put them up there. So it's 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 it could be varied reasons, or because somebody else is keeping a horse in there, I'm going to keep a horse in there. Yeah, yeah, but if you do. You need to look after them. You need to feed you them. You may need to make sure they have fresh water, that they have a coat on, and that they're not out in all sorts of awful weather conditions. Yes, and some of the, they, they haven't they haven't an iota um, of how they're going to how they're going to properly look after one. Okay, so when an organisation like you or another organisation that looks after animals comes across a case like this, can you intervene? All we can do, need we we have limited space here. Right, and what we can do is we can provide um, we can provide emergency feeding. We can liaise with other groups that if they want to take the horses or um, get the horses off the road, we can try and liaise with them. But the is there a group horse, called Cork City Horse Collection? There is, and we'll be in contact with City Hall now as well to find out what the situation is. With is that a, is that a council initiative? It is a council initiative. Right, correct. okay, okay. And would they go in and take the horses if they could they're, observe they're, that they're, they're being treated cruelly? Um, it's basically their job is to pick up any stray and loose horses around the city. Yeah, but in if 25 of them in a field may not be deemed to be stray or loose. If they're, they're confined, and if it's council property, then the council can do something. Right. If it's, a, if it's privately owned, if Neil Prendival owns the land, then it's the landowner's um, responsibility for the animals okay. technically speaking even though they may not be even aware or they may be trying to get rid of the horses and they, the, the gang who are using it may not have their permission to do it right okay so there's no there's no cruelty law that can kick in here like if it were a dog for instance or if dogs were being kept in that kind of number there are laws against that right well it's the very same with horses they all come under the cruelty laws if you have you have to provide them with food you have to provide them with shelter um, the, the very, very basics we call the, the five freedoms. But this stuff should be provided for them anyway. But the problem is trying to find the owner to make them responsible. All right. Okay. 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 Um, so Cork City Horse Collection then should be who we should be talking to, is it at this point? Or can you do if, that? If, or, or, if or? We'll do that as well. But if it, it's that is managed by. Um, City Hall. Okay. And, and is there is there any way that we could organise emergency feeding of the horses? 
Oh, we're okay. in the middle of doing it now. Oh my God, that's great. You, you're going to do that then? We'll do that You now, shouldn't yeah. have to do it. And it's a disgrace that the owner or owners don't, but they need feeding, right? Yes, and look, we'll get them some grub up there now. Um, it'll be delivered it's in the next hour. Oh my God, you're incredible. Vincent, thank you so much for doing that and for taking the call. Come back if there's any updates, will you, please? No problem at all. I know you got a lot on, but I appreciate you taking the time. Fair play, Vincent Cashman from the CSPCA. Marie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Awfully cruel, isn't it? Just shockingly cruel. For sure, that's an ongoing thing. Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we had horses ourselves and we know that you have to have them passported, microchipped, et cetera, et cetera. But l- last night's episode was that I was coming out the road at around 11 o'clock and I, the road has some small bends as you're going along there. And the same horses that are on the road this morning are the same horses that I came across last night. So they've been on the road all night. It's a all wonder night. not we're report- yeah. that we're not reporting a major well, traffic. I, report- I, I actually rang Mayfield Garda Station and nobody picked up the phone. So I got onto Anglesey Street and I made the report to them and they said they would do something. Mm. No, mm. obviously. Well, I don't know. If they're still on the road this morning, what, what do they do? You know? Well, I, I, can't, I can't talk to that as to whether they did something and the horses got out again. But clearly if they're that hungry, yeah. they know there's no food in that field and they're going to try and get out to try and hunt for food somewhere, search for well, anything. Well, the, 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 what little bit would have been in those fields a few months ago certainly is not there now. But it gets you know? down to zero and minus one and minus two this week overnight. Could you imagine foals trying to, trying to cope in that but kind of weather? Look the amount of cruelty to those animals I mean another there was a youngster found in a field on the other road because normally they keep the horses in the fields over in the Raccoonie Road and there was a young animal found dead in the field now whether it was brought there after it died because they won't dispose of them themselves or whether the fo- the animal died in the field, nobody knows. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So it's, some people keep horses for status symbols. Some people call keep numerous horses for even bigger status symbols. Some horses are kept well, for, for sulky racing and things like that. Is, is that what we're talking about here, or do we even know? That's another situation as well with the sulkies, because just very recently, in the last two weeks, as I was going in the road towards Balavalan, there was a sulky in front of me and it was the, I know horses, it was a yearling that was being used to pull that sulky. A yearling and would be a very young a horse then. A, a very young horse. Right, okay, okay. And have you ever um, seen sulkies coming and going in the area where the 25 horses are kept? All, all the time. Okay. The usual way. Okay. Yeah. So would it be fair to say then that at least some of those horses are used for sulkies? It's a fair possibility, yeah. yeah. okay. And I'm just trying to find out who's keeping them and why and what they're being used for. They're certainly not being fed anyway. We've certainly determined that. Well, Is the people in the area, we, we know who, who owns them. Well, we don't know the names of the people who own them, but we know who owns them. Okay, the general vicinity as to where they live and yeah. everything. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen long term with regards to them or whatever the case may be with Cork City Horse Collection. But it's, just very, it's just very sad yeah. for those animals, yeah. you know? Okay, well, at least the CSPCA, Vincent and his team are going to feed them in the next hour. So that's something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Good, yeah. Okay, Marie, take care. Thank you so much. No Text 0868 104 106. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. 
Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106, Red FM. Yeah, disturbingly, I see a text there from Sarah where she says to me, uh, did you know that when council picks up horses, they will be euthanized? Euthanized? Uh, death sentence for horses, says Sarah at work. I don't know how true that is. I hope that isn't the case when horses are picked up like that, that they're just found to be no benefit to nobody and they're just put to sleep. Uh, Catherine, good morning. Hi, Neil. So that's the area around uh, the Stirrup and Ballyvalan, a road that I know very well. It is a windy road. Yes. And it would be very dark at night. But you're over uh, Barnabra... By Carrot Junior School, you know, the, the, the special national school, Carrot Junior, it's called. Near where? The top of um, Barnavara, as you're maybe by Lotamore. Okay, by, all right. I know that area. By the grotto yeah, yeah, there. There's yeah. a field in there. Now, it's, it, it, it seems to be a dumping ground for rubbish as well but there's horses in there. Now, myself and my two grandchildren last night, they waited in the car and I went home and we got, all I had was dog nuts. And I brought over the bag of dog nuts and put it down, but the rubbish that's there, but the horse came straight over, straight over, starving looking horse. Really, really sad. Raced over to the nuts. It raced over to the nuts, yeah. And I also brought apples. Um, But I have reported there, I have rang Mayfield Guards about the the horses that are kept in those fields countless times it, they seem to have all different horses in there but it, it, it's knee deep in muck and it, 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 they're dumping rubbish there as well it's a rubbish I just hadn't realised till I came in off so the road they're dumping there. rubbish everywhere I saw photographs the other day of people dumping their rubbish and all sorts of electrical equipment in the middle of a graveyard I wouldn't surprise yeah. me yeah yeah, yeah. 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 but so I'm wondering could that, could that horse be included as well those is it a horse or horses there? I think there's about two there I know there could have been more I didn't go in far enough in the field I just stayed at the edge I was afraid to go in to be honest so you don't um, know. You don't know. I don't know, but there, I, I saw two there, and, and one came straight, straight over to me. But he, he had to come through all rubbish, like tins and all the sort of cans and just all household rubbish. And you described that horse as being neglected. Completely, yeah. completely neglected. Yeah. And were your kids upset? That's why they said. Yeah, my listen. granddaughter was very upset. The, the, the girl that's, that's ten because she goes horse riding. And she said, "Come on, we we'll go home and get them could, some food." Yeah, get, get the, yeah, and all we had was dog food, uh, dog nuts, and apples, and that's what we went brought back. But it's it awful cruelty, isn't it? It's an awful cruelty. Yeah, but cruelty. they're aware of it. Mayfield guards are well aware of it, you know. And, like you need a license for a dog. Like there's nobody claiming. I know, but I horses. suppose how they're, they're probably persecuted trying to prove who owns the horse, who's the owner of the horse, where do they live? They take it away. They should put a notice up there that the horse will be removed in 48 hours if somebody doesn't come to the police station or whatever. You know, it, it, this, this should be another way around. It's like you know, we we all know who owns the horses and who you know call, the cruelty to them. See them on the road every day, you know. And are Sulkies you talking about? Are you talking about the sulkies? Is it? Are there? Do you see sulkies on the road up in the area? Yes, yeah, and, and very badly treated, very thin little horses, you know, very small little horses that aren't able to pull these big heavy men around the place. It's just shocking. And you believe? Yeah. And, and when you when you see them, they're they're clearly struggling to pull the weight. Completely. Yeah. Completely. They're not able. I know. And they're being whipped as well. I know. I'm. Listen. If people want to go around on their sulkies and do their own thing, um, you know, in I, I don't know how safe it is on main roads. Certainly, the sulky racing on the big wide roads is a danger. But even if you are doing that, please, for God's sake, would you treat the animals with respect? You know. No. It's the least no, you no. could ask is to treat them with respect. You know. No, they're definitely not being treated with respect. 
All right. Okay. Thanks for that. Thank you. It's no bother. Can you just make sure that that field is included when he's doing his draft there? The, the council guy that's coming with the food that okay. he includes okay. include those horses All right. as well, please. Okay. I can tell you. Okay. Thanks for that, Catherine. We have contacted Cork City House Collection, Horse Collection, I should say. My apologies to see if we can get someone from the department to come on or indeed get something sorted for the horses. Vince Cashman is certainly looking after the ones out around the uh, Ballyvalan area. Um, this area that Catherine's talking about is the road that connects Mayfield and Glanmire, um, you know, and we've also been on the phone, or at least Kevin has to, my lovely horse and Kelly in the Cork office has been contacted. They say the more people that report incidents like this, the better. Um, so we'll... Uh, We'll certainly be here if anybody other incidents like that are indeed, apparently they're also saying photographs are great if you can back it up with photographs. So do get in touch, text 0868 104 106. Um, update time, lads. Um, last week I was contacted by Eddie, who was telling us all about a pal of his, uh, John, who was sleeping and living in a slaughterhouse. Now, he had worked in the slaughterhouse all of his adult life. And when it closed, he stayed on in the slaughterhouse afterwards uh, and lives there and he's got a couple of dogs there and the conditions that he living in, was living in were shocking and Kevin took a visit up there one morning when we were chatting about his uh, situation on the air. Um, now we also contacted different local councillors in the area who did visit, amongst them was Ken Collins and also Councillor Ken O'Flynn. They visited a Mick Nugent's office, got involved in it um, and uh, Mick Nugent was saying that he had been made aware of John's scenario the week before. But the whole idea was to try and get him out of there and improve his lot in life, give him somewhere decent to live. Paddy O'Brien got on the case as well and visited City Hall uh, with John. And I think John is due to go back to City Hall again. Now, I have to say, City, and this, my understanding of it, just broadly speaking, is that City Hall checked and checked and checked and checked again and could find no records of, of John or where he was living or applications for housing or for some kind of better accommodation. And I accept that. Right? I, I do. Um, because they are working on it now. Um, and, and, and they're working very well on it. And uh, the wheels are in motion. So I want to be fair to all those concerned. But I'm just wondering how John has been since we last spoke because he's due another visit now to City Hall next Tuesday by all accounts. John... Yes. How are you? Are, are you relieved that things might change and things might improve for you? There's a lot of people working on your behalf. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it won't be too long. How did you get on when you went in to City Hall? I got angry with them. I got, well, I got angry with them. Yeah, yeah. They sat down and listened to your story. They didn't know anything about you, though, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever happened anyway between the jigs and the reels, they had nothing. Yeah. But but they do now, right? So yeah. what what do you hope will happen next? Well, uh, I'm just hoping to, to get out here as soon as possible. Anyway, like you know, um, I think they might have somewhere in mind for you, which is great news, you know. Yeah. Yes. They might have. The trouble is, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to get rid of the dogs. But, uh, now, the problem is yeah. your two dogs, your two pals, they're your two best buddies. Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah. And they've been with you, they just walked in there one day, they've been with, with you ever since. Yeah, yeah. 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 How long have you had the dogs? Uh, we haven't there for a couple of years. Right. And they're your company, of course. Yeah. Would you be sad if you weren't allowed to bring them to a city council pr- 
property or home? I would, yeah. 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 And and have you been told that you can't? Well, uh, well I, I, there's no place in Blackpool anywhere from it. Long, long, long side Eddie. Round Madden's buildings or what have you? Yeah, 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 I know, I know. But have you been told that what what breed are they again, John? They're two little bullstaffs. So they'd be on the restricted breed. Maybe City Council would be safety conscious of them. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah. 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 they would be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I might be able to get a man to well, take them. I like it, you know. Would you? Would you would be? Okay, would you be okay to give them up to somebody else who'd care for them, and maybe you could yeah. visit or whatever. Yeah, I could give him. I'll ring Mick Flannery. Do you know in a minute? Yeah, and would Mick be able to and maybe make some sort of a plan for them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 do you, you're back in there on Tuesday, I think, are you? I am. Yeah. So hopefully Tuesday could be the day that you get great news. Yeah. Touch touch for it, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Be nice to have your own place, though. You're looking forward to something like that. I am. Yeah. Proper bedroom, proper kitchen, nice little warm place where you can sit down, and watch a bit of telly, rather than in a an abandoned slaughterhouse, right? That's true, yeah. Okay, and how do you feel about the fact that people were were shocked when they heard of where you were living and uh, the amount of people that want to help? Well, that, that's that's great news, like isn't know? it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So people are kind, and you'll have oh, a few. Yeah. You, yeah. There's a neighbour came over the other night, sold them on to me. And he brought over chocolates and sweets. Ah, that was nice, wasn't it? Who was that? Just a, was that a man or a woman? A, a woman she came over the other night. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, twice, yeah. Yeah. And if you have your own place, of course, you'll have your own few bob and you can do a bit of shopping and you can go for a pint in Blackpool or wherever the case may be. That'll be nice. Could yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's hope that everything works out on Tuesday, all right? Yeah. Don't be, you're not nervous about that or anything, no? Well, why not? No, no. Good man yourself. There's a good friend over there in the City Hall as well, like, you know. Good, good, Michael, good, good, good. Michael good. Buckley, he'll all be looking right. after uh, me. Well, listen, well. there's a lot of people in your, in your corner, so all will be what well. Is, yeah. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. We might have some more, we might have some good news on Tuesday, yeah? Yeah, okay, Everything all right with you otherwise? You don't need for anything in spite of your No, no, I'm, no, I'm going. All right. Okay. All right, John. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Okay. okay. Fair play to you. Take care for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Fair play. Paddy O'Brien, good morning. Good morning, mate. Uh, looking good. I'm, I'm optimistic that it'll be well. Are you? Uh, it's looking good, and I'm, I'm very happy. Move around there, Paddy. It's a shocking phone line, all if right. you don't mind. Yeah. I, I, I'm very happy the fact that you brought that uh, issue up and the fact that the corporation were totally unaware that the land existed. Yeah. When I had a meeting with John last week with the senior officer in the housing department, the highest position there, and not actually any names. No. But when I was going, when I was explaining to, to this, these people, uh, the senior officer turns and said to John, John, why didn't you contact us? Tell exactly the words. They had no record whatsoever. Okay, that's in the past. The next thing is that it is a problem that uh, animals would be out into a, a, a council house and they're going to avail the situation. People in John's area, that John has two dogs and it's quite possible if he doesn't get a, an owner of some person to take over the ownership of, of the dogs, 
he's going to lose the house. They're very I, friendly I, dogs, I, incidentally. Kevin was up with them, and they're lovely dogs, the two of them, jumping all over him. He came back filthy with the dirt yeah. all over him, yeah, the yeah. dogs jumping up. <laughs> they are, but those rules and regulations are there rules in council housing that you can't keep dogs or that you can't keep dogs on a dangerous dogs list which well uh, I I don't know quite honestly uh, are are the corporation aware of what breed of dog we are speaking about and I was just uh, the impression I was I I thought was that it was just any dog and I've spoken to John every day since last Thursday at the meeting and I keep on saying from John this is the greatest opportunity you're going to get. Have your own home, near a barn, near a tennis, near a church, near your friends. Yeah. But for the sake of two dogs, you're going to mess, and you'll never end again on the list. Yeah. So if there are friends now in, in that area, oh Lord John, I'd ask you, please, please contact John. And I know uh, he's on the phone, and there's a good Billy Barry out there. He's a great gentleman. He's very, very good to interact with Well, they can get in touch with me, and I can pass on the details yeah, if they exactly. want to text well, me. Yeah. And, but I, I wasn't going to make an issue about the dog, but I'm delighted. Because when I came across this problem, the first person I thought of was Mr. Prob- problem Solver, and that's the friend of us. And I said, <laughs> I cannot... Neil, Neil would speak over because only yeah. for you. Yeah, no problem. We wouldn't no problem. get the situation out. No, no, no. no you problem. Know, and I know it's just about no, it's just about getting things done. I'm keen to get things done, you know. So let's just get this yeah. done. And ho- do you do you think well, Tuesday will be the day that we'll get it done? Uh, <clears throat> I, I have a small question mark over that. I think it might be just later than that. Quite honestly, okay. Yeah, but, right. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it could be when I. I'm like a um, child. You see, I'm like a child waiting for Santa Claus. I might have to wait a little longer. <laughs> I know, I know, yes, because as I said, you, you don't want any prayers, but only for your. I know that's that's and fine, that's, but, uh, ho- 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 but we have no idea whereabouts it might be, or you can't say. Maybe it's best not to say at this no, point. No, I, I, no, I'm not going to say. But I, I know where the I know the the area. I know the area quite well, and um, I would have to say to the members we spoke to, they were so caring. They understood the man's situation, and and, and they gave him a great boost. Up, and um, it was on a Thursday night. And what happened? There, he had been on just on the Friday morning. He had been on the uh, night uh, Burns program. Yeah. And they said, well, "Come on, we want to rock, rush your famous." You know, <laughs> and it was at that level. And they were very, very helpful and made things very, very easy for them. Oh, great! So All right. I, okay. I think I will pick him up next Tuesday. And um, I'll give you a call out. Fantastic. Looking forward to good news on Tuesday then. Thanks for everything and also for yeah. your involvement, Paddy, as always. All right? Yeah. All the best. Paddy O'Brien. Not a great phone line. Apologies for that. So, fingers crossed. Looking good. Getting things done. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Just on a lighter note, we're going to drop in a few throughout the course of the morning. They're talking about a reboot of Faulty Towers. There was only two seasons of it, I think, in total, just 13 episodes. Of course, the type of humour back then was very, very different to what would be accepted nowadays with regards to what people would say is funny, you know? So I don't know how John Cleese is going to get around that because he's railing all of the time about the wokeness of the world that we live in now and how everybody gets offended about everything. So you got to wonder whether the jokes would actually work anymore. Uh, but uh, in fairness, Mark Bullington came up with some great clips uh, of... Uh, I mean, you know, I suppose you'd, you'd, go, you'd be kind of nervous for them because you'd be worried that it would fail and you wouldn't want it to fail and tarnish 
the image of Faulty Towers. Why not indeed? We are all friends now, eh? A porn cocktail. All in the market together. Old difference is forgotten, and no need at all to mention the war. Fried science! What is it again? The prawn cocktail. Oh, prawn! That was it. When you said prawn, I thought you said war. Oh, oh the war! Oh, yes, completely slipped my mind. And four cold meat salads, please. Certainly. Well, I'll just get your hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres, which must be obeyed at all times without question. <laughs> Will you stop talking about the war? Me? You started it? We did not start it. Yes, you did. You invaded Poland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This will You'll like this one. Here, yeah, watch. Who's this then? Stop you, my no. no. Even now, listening to it, I can see people who will get offended by it. <laughs> I can just, you know, it's just the way my mind works now that everybody will find something wrong with that. I mean, there's another great clip that I want to pay, play later on, which is the David Kelly clip. Do you remember Mr. Riley, the builder, who went in to do um, all of the work when Sybil went away for a while and Basil brought him in because he was on the cheap? One would say that perhaps that's stereotypical and using the Irish as being stereotypically never turning up on time doing shoddy workmanship and stuff like that I never used to think of it that way I just used to see it as being funny but I don't know that the humour would be he'd have to tone it way down uh, I'd, I'd hate for that to happen though I mean you know, like I loved uh, I think as I said to you that line of you invaded Poland is probably one of the greatest lines in, in British TV comedy another one history. where Manuel has the rat you know <laughs> or did Franco have them all shot stuff like that you know yeah, you're saying right. it wasn't a rat it was a hamster <laughs> yeah, you remember that one right, yeah. but like I, I, I don't know I, I never I, I never felt offended by Riley and I think I, I'd be <laughs> I'd, I'd find very few Spanish people that were offended by Andrew Sachs's Manuel they might be they might be offended by the, the, the copious amounts of Brits that call Spanish waiters in years down the line Manuel but even at that and even think of that people would be offended and upset and insulted because of that you know it's mocking Spanish people but like that's like we have to learn to to laugh I mean but the comedian is becoming an endangered species now you see what's happening with comedy is definitely becoming Tommy Tiernan Billy Connolly absolutely but it's it's, I think I think again it's about is is the Spanish person at the butt of the joke or are we laughing at the fact that we have these carry these kind of uh, stereotypes ourselves because I think a lot of it is kind of like a refle- as a mirror it reflects back on our own society I know but even I end up I end up thinking now through a different prism you see yeah but even yeah. if you look at the Monty Pythons like if you wanted to look and say oh they're making fun of this but actually what they're making fun of is our perception of of what we make of these people and often I, I think it holds a mirror up I, I love they say um, in comedy you need to just suspend reality you know yeah, yeah. And, and also like you know there's, there's <laughs> I think um, there's a scale on which it's like how funny is the joke versus how offended people get it if it's a really just not funny joke people are way more likely to be offended by yeah, it I think. I know, but I if know. it's actually funny if you can make it funny then you probably get away with it so. okay, I've got another couple of clips between now and midday I'll give the, the I think I'll give Riley the builder a rattle anyway just after 10 back after 10 lads news is next Lana's on the way I'm Lana O'Connor Red FM News is first for local national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie Get it off your chest Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. And so, Red 
FM. With regards to comedy and what is and isn't acceptable anymore, I think even Frasier, if they make a reboot of Frasier, and that's the plan, now whether Kelsey Grammer actually delivers on it, I don't know. People are telling him, don't do it, for God's sake, you won't have the original cast and it just won't work. And of course, um, you know, even even uh, his dad in the character, Martin Crane, has died. Um, but you've got to wonder whether that kind of humour would be acceptable. That was TV series in the early 1990s, for instance. 90s comedy would be very different now to what would be acceptable. And we were chatting yesterday uh, with Susan regarding uh, Tommy Tiernan's comments to the actor Brian Murray um, and the issue of having Alzheimer's. Uh, um, if I recall, the stoned comment was a reference to how Brian was dealing so well with his diagnosis, Neil, not in reference to the effects of his illness. It was almost self-derogatory of Tommy, suggesting that he'd need to be stoned himself if he ever had to deal with the challenge of Alzheimer's. That's an interesting perspective on it. Uh, some other texts following yesterday's conversation. My dad passed away with Alzheimer's 20 years ago. I didn't find the comment offensive. Uh, people need to get over themselves. I never saw the Tommy Tiernan show, and I probably never will. Too many talk shows on RTE television anyway. That may well be the case, but it seems to be the one uh, that is, you know, uh, popular with people because maybe it's got that kind of different mechanic to it where he never knows the guests before they come out. I thought it was most the most sincere interview, and it would give you hope. Um, Others are saying similar things. It wasn't offensive. I think people just need to relax a bit. Another texter says, People should stop taking offence to every comment. If you look to be offended, you'll find a reason to be offended. And another one for now. To those who are lucky enough not to suffer and not to have a loved one suffering from Alzheimer's, Tommy describing it as being stoned is maybe the nearest thing for people to kind of understand what it is like. A lot of stoned people are oblivious and feel confused to things around them and things that are said to them. Uh, Too many snowflakes, Neil, in the world today. You can't open your mouth these days without people having a go. And a final one for now. He's a comedian I don't enjoy, but comedians are going to offend someone somewhere all of the time. It's the nature of their business. It's also called free speech, remember. Don't like it? switch off or change the channel. Uh, so that's just a selection of texts from yesterday. You can get involved in that conversation. Text 0868104106. But as I said, with the reboot of Faulty Towers, certainly in the planning uh, at the moment, uh, one wonders whether it will deliver comedy like this. Now look here, right now. I want my dining room door put back in. This other one taken away by one o'clock. Do you understand? <coughs> No, 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 I don't want to debate about it. If you're not over here in 20 minutes with my door, I shall come over there and insert a large garden gnome in you. Good day. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Faulty, but my men just won't work on a Sunday, and that's the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Well, how long is it going to take you? Well, I'm working as fast as I can. Well, it better be fast enough. I mean, she is here in four hours. The trouble with you, Mr. Faulty, is that you worry too much. You keep it up like this, and you'll have a stroke before you're 50. Don't dead you'll be. Suits me. Oh, that's a dreadful thing to say. Not at all. Get a bit of peace. Well, let me tell you, if the good Lord meant us to worry, he would have given us things to worry about. He has. My wife. She will be back here in four hours and she can kill a man at ten paces <laughs> with one blow off her pants. How am I supposed not to worry? Just remember, Mr. Faulty, there's always someone worse off than yourself. Is there? Well, I'd like to meet him. I could do with a laugh. You just have to worry for the both of us. I'm telling you, if the good Lord... He's mentioned once more, I shall move you closer to him. Now, please! <laughs> Mr. Faulty, she's here. What? She's here. Oh, God. 
He's shoddy, he doesn't care, he's a liar, he's incompetent, he's lazy, he's nothing but a half-witted, thick Irish joke. Ah, oh, hello, Ryan, how funny, we were just talking about you, and then we got on to another Irish bill that we used to know. Oh, God, he was off! I was talking about you, Mr. O'Reilly. Well, you did? I thought you were talking... Come, come, Mrs. Faulty. I'm coming. Oh, dear me, what have I done now? That and that. Not to worry, I'm putting it right. You think I'm joking, don't you? <laughs> Oh, don't smile. <laughs> Why are you smiling, Mr. O'Reilly? Well, to be perfectly honest, Mrs. Faulty, I like a woman with spirit. Now, so that's enough. <laughs> Come on, then, give us a smile. <laughs> You see what I mean? Like Sybil calls Mr. O'Reilly, the builder, a big Irish joke. <laughs> Oh my God, I thought it was incredible. And it's just as good every time you watch it. In fact, there was a, a Faulty Towers troupe, actually, that I saw in the Metropole where you go in and they feed you dinner. It was the back end of last year. Maybe you went to it. It was the greatest night's entertainment I had in a long, long time. And they had a Manuel there and a Basil and a Sybil and all of the rest. No Major, though. The Major was one of my favourites. Major. Anyway, back after the break. Text 0868104106. Calls on the way. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. There used to be a saying, there still is a saying, I don't know how relevant it is anymore, that cash is king. I still carry cash. A lot of people I know do not carry cash. I know of a complete generation of people, including my son and my daughter, who carry zero cash and haven't for a long, long time. It's all tap and go. It's tap this, tap that, tap the other. And they do everything on Revolut and they find it very effective and very efficient. So that's the changing world. Um, I mentioned that uh, because uh, we came across a post, I'll talk to him in a few minutes' time, from a customer of the Barn Restaurant uh, in Glanmire. He says, I was there Saturday night and he sent also a photograph of the sign upon the table. We do not accept cash card and contactless payment only. And he says, this was the sign that faced me when I entered the bar and restaurant in Glamour Saturday night. Whilst I was attending a family event and didn't want to cause a scene, I did let the manager know afterwards that I thought the policy was disgraceful and I informed him uh, that I would not be dining there again until the policy was removed. Cash is legal tender. We must always be, it must always be accepted as so. We must always make sure that this always is the case in our country. Any premise or organizations that do not accept cash will not be having me as a customer and I would advise others not to support businesses that don't accept cash as well. So that was that. Um, I saw an awful lot of people interacting with that post on our own Facebook and and Twitter overnight Uh, but I was keen to find out if there were other businesses and establishments that no longer accept cash. Um, And and I think it isn't anything exclusive to the barn restaurant and on the few occasions that I've eaten there in the past it's an incredible restaurant. Very high standard of food. Always a great buzz there. And you get plenty of everything. It's the Dolan family are behind it. And Paul Dolan joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Good. Haven't seen you in a long time. What's the, um, what's the, what's the reason for this? Um, it's down to the cost of carrying cash, really. I mean, during COVID, we thought we'd have to reopen without cash because I think it was at one stage it was muted as um, something that was going to happen that you couldn't take cash. And then when we drilled down into the numbers, the cost of cat taking cash, it was coming in at 16% to handle cash. And can you break that? Can you break down that 16%? I mean, how, how could it be so high just well, by being paid you know, for food? 
you know, there'd be extra costs with our insurance premium because, you know, you've got cash on premises and staff handling cash, et cetera, et cetera. And then the cash we take would have to be picked up by a security company and taken to, you know, a bank. There'd be charges by the security company and like everybody else, we'd have to pay um, charges to the bank for lodging cash. And then we'd have to get the security company to not only lodge the cash, but also get cash out for us for float for the till. Mm-hmm. And they'd have to bring that back to us. Okay, so the insurance set. premium would go up because you'd have cash on the yeah. premises. You'd have a cash transport company collecting the cash, bringing it to the bank. You'd have the bank then charging you to take the cash and charging a percentage yeah. for the fees for that. And then you'd yeah. have more charges then to withdraw cash for the floats and things like that. But, That's it. But, but surely that wouldn't be 16%. Ah, but then we've got our managers would have to come in earlier to add the floats to the four. We'd need about four points of sales, tills on the premises. And uh, they'd have to come in earlier to cash those up, make sure they're all the cash draw corrections are all correct and everything else before the morning starts. And then... If someone wants to pay at their table, which the majority of people with cash do, that a waiter would have to go down, find out what they want or want to pay. They'd have to go back up to the point of sale, print out the bill, come back down with the bill, either wait at the table for them to bring yeah, out the uh, cash. You could, yeah, I know, but just on that point, you could get away from that by saying, I know that the, the elm tree in Glanmire, for instance, you pay at the till. So you could fix that one anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, I, we didn't even, you know, it's a service. So people have to oh, well, get to that. But I mean, like, this is, it's still one person standing at the till, or we've got four tills because we've got over 300 covers now. So we need four tills. And, yeah. you know, so there'd be a lot of people queuing at, it's still an extra staff cost. If, if you were to look at if you were to look at taking cash, what impact yeah. would that have on what people are spending? Like, for instance, the, a lunch or a dinner or, or a full Irish? How would it impact on those prices if you were taking cash? Would it? See, the, the thing is, it, 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 all, it all adds up anyway. You know, even at the end of the night, the manager reconciling that till and everything else. There's a lot of expenses, and then there's something called cash draw shrinkage, which is um, you know, it's a two and a half percent in the hospitality. It's what you lose in cash out of the till. Um, is that giving that out the wrong change or something, is it? Exactly. Okay. And maybe, you know, you know, other ways as well. But, yeah. um, in total, Neil, it comes to, if everybody paid cash, it would be 16% we'd have to add on to everybody's bill. So you gave me you an know. example of that, that the all-day carvery uh, would go from 1490 to 1620. The well, full Irish the, would go from 1070 to 1170. Are they the examples? Well, yeah, but it's not because not everybody would be paying cash. You know, it's only if, say, pre-COVID, it was 60% of people using cash. So it wouldn't be a full 16% we'd have to pass on. We'd have to pass on 9%, and that's the example, 9%. So our all-day carvery, instead of being 1470, will be 1620. And to us, it's a no-brainer, you know? Why, why would one, someone want to pay that much extra? And they haven't. I mean, people are voting with their feet, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're, we're full up. You know, but you are, but we're, 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 we're 60% of your customers, cash customers, before COVID. Not us, not us, but an industry. See, before COVID, we were the barn restaurant. Now we're the barn gastro pub. We're open from 8.30 in the morning through to 11.30 at night. We changed our whole, you know, for where we were. We were in a nice family-orientated area, and we just changed with the times. 
So now we do full breakfast, lunches. Yeah. We're yeah. open all day long, seven days a week. But what about those that don't have cards and don't have Revolut and they are a generation of cash spenders? Where will they now go? They're, they're not welcome, are they? But I mean, if, if we were the only gastropub or restaurant in Cork, then I would take cash. But we don't because of the reason we want to keep the cost down for our customers. Since 21, when we reopened, August 21, Leon, we've had our, ins- our electric and gas has gone up fourfold. That full Irish has only gone up 90 cents. You know, our full barn breakfast has only gone up 70 cents. One, we've only had one increase. You know, so we're, our, our main goal is to keep the cost down for our customers. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. so but, but it's not kind of. Oh no! I, I accept it's your business, and you 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 can do as you please with it. And yeah. in fact, I was reading this morning that if a bit, and this is the law, if a business specifies payment must be in a form other than cash, the customer cannot subsequently claim a legal right to pay cash. There's no, even though cash is legal tender, you're not obliged to take it by law. Bizarrely, no. but what about the, to ask the question again? What about those that don't have credit cards or debit cards? I mean, why should why should those people, uh, tra- you know, affect the people getting their reasonable instead of I instead of me charging my fourteen ninety, I'd have to charge sixteen twenty. What about the ninety nine point nine percent of people who have credit cards and debit cards? You know, and and it's not affecting your footfall in any way, no. Not at all. Not at all. Do you know what? Neil? Every three or four months, this comes up on social media. It's a big attack. It happened three or four months ago. And you know what is the best thing for business? Funny enough, you know, our football went way up and um, they just, and they just... But no, this this is, it may well be free advertising, but this was actually a customer who went and and took a photograph and was probably a a loyal enough customer. He was with another party. He he, he did another post and he was with another party. He wasn't paying. Yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that there's a sign saying, we do not accept cash, exclamation mark. But we don't accept cash now. Okay, and and it sounds to me as if you're not for changing. It's in our website, it's in our, how could we change to ask, put it out to our customers, Neil, put a poll up and see, do you want us to change, accept cash and put our carbury from 1490 up to 1620? Because... Um, because of the tiny minority of people who want to use cash, and it is. And you know what? People coming into us, Neil, are perfect with it. Perfect with it. It's just three, every three or four months we get this attack on Facebook. It happened three or four months ago, and it's happening again. And the attack is based on the fact that you don't take cash, is it? But you're not exclusively but alone are, in not taking Neil, cash. They, they are so, so uh, vitriolic about it. You know, we hope you go bankrupt. We, we employ 78 people, Neil. And they shout, yeah, they on the saying, we hope you lose everything. And, oh, the vitriol, because we don't accept cash. It's well, crazy. Yeah, well, there's no call for that. That's just, no. just downright nasty bullying. That's taken it too that, far. That is 99% of the people on those Facebook and everything. Is, is, it's, that, that's the amount of hatred they have for it. But do, do any customer and, and, do any, you know do any customers criticise or take umbrage when they... Because, no, as you say, you do 300 covers perhaps every single day. Somebody must be unhappy with it. We have 300 seats now. We do a vast more than 300 covers. But, I mean, like, um, we, um, we... They don't. They don't. I mean, on the rare occasion, there is the odd one. But very rare. But if you go to this Facebook and everything else, that they click on everybody. They're up in Galway, up in Donegal. 
they're all over the place. They're nothing. Y- y- well, yeah, because there is there is a campaign to save our cash and to protect it. You know, I know. So people yeah. all over the country are just fans of, of cash. Like, how many would you do, say, on a on your busiest day? Like, say, would that be a Saturday, for instance? No, say Sunday. I mean, we'd be going all day long. We could do about fifteen hundred people. My God, your food costs must be through the roof. They are. And our ESB, our ESB's gone from three and a half thousand up to fourteen thousand. Our gas the same, pretty much. You know, our food cost has gone up. Like I said, but we've only we've only literally put it up 07 to point nine percent, depending on the on the whether it's lunch or breakfast. But there must be very few people anywhere in the country that's doing fifteen hundred customers in in, a, in, a, in one given day. No, I suppose they, they wouldn't be. That's what our accountant says as well. Certainly, I wouldn't. Certainly, I've never heard of it anywhere in Cork. But what's and what's the secret that you can do fifteen hundred in a day? Well, we open at eight thirty. Our breakfast is exceptionally busy now, and um, we close at nine o'clock that night for food. We stay open till eleven thirty for um, drinks, and it's because of the competitive price now. I mean, in set ten seventy for a full Irish breakfast, ten euro for eggs Benedict. But a, but a, but but say a pensioner. Who doesn't, yeah. and a lot of them don't, they just have cash, they draw their pension in cash you know, and they, they can't you know go. I mean? Everybody, everybody brings up, I'm sorry, Matt, but everybody brings up the pensioners. Pensioners have no problem. Nearly, I, I don't know a pensioner who hasn't had a debit card. The only people who talk about is people saying, the only time I hear about pensioners and the elderly and everything else is from young people saying, what about the pensioners and the elderly? They have no problems. We have a QR code ordering system. People love it. They can order at the table and pay at the table yeah. without the phone. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, the elderly love this. They, they're, they're tech savvy now these days. Okay, okay. The well, n- not, not all of them can negotiate the online yeah. world or the yeah. using their so phone nice to thing. tap and go and things. I mean, but we, still, we still have servers who look after people as well, you know, so... So what's the story with cash? Do you think that ultimately it will just disappear and more businesses will cotton on to the fact that there's an awful lot of hidden costs in taking cash and they also will decide to stop? Do you think? Oh, definitely now. I mean, right now, I've got no hassle with cash. At the end of every night, at four o'clock in the morning, all everything we've done the night before goes into the bank. No worries about reconciling tills at the end of the day. It's just all done automatically. Well, if you're you doing know? something like those numbers on a Sunday, there would be a security issue with that amount of cash exactly, on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have no cash. We have no cash on premises, and um, exactly security. I didn't even bring up security. You know, actual security for staff and everything else, which was a big thing at the start when we were working it all out. You know. Okay. Okay. I well, the hygienic side of things here as well. I mean, waiting staff handling cash and then handling food. You know. They can't, you know, they can't go into the kitchen and wash their hands every after serve, you know. Use as in, as in you don't know where that money's been, is it? You do not, no. Okay, okay. But you, you said in your statement to us, we will not be changing our card policy, full stop. No, I would be going backwards. And, and like I said, I don't think we'd be doing those numbers on a Sunday if we went up from, you know, uh, 1490 to... 1620. Okay, okay, all right. Listen, thanks for taking the call. I'll take some other calls and texts on the future of cash, but uh, appreciate you taking the call, Paul. Thank you. A pleasure, thank you. Paul Dolan uh, from the Barn Restaurant in Glanmire. That's some amount of covers. Uh, Texts and calls on the way. Text 0868 Peter standing by after the break. 
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. I'll talk to Peter in a second. Just one page of text, if you don't mind. Uh, the Trawler Boys uh, food truck down in Ballycotton says, Cash is king. It helps keep the bank costs down. So it's welcomed by us anyway, as well as card payments. They'll take anything at all. I was in the Everyman Theatre last weekend and the bar only accepts card payments. I guess eventually this will be the case everywhere, but I'll try to get away with using cash for as long as I can until then. Another one. All places should be boycotted and then they won't be long changing but of course younger people are using all the cards. Uh, Another person says it's a lot of hassle going to an ATM queuing and getting cash waste of my time I just take my card too many people are paying by card for even the little things digital currency is what the government wants to track and trace your every move they plan on taking cash out of the system to enslave people with a digital ID have people forgotten the COVID rules of no digital cert on entry all that was a precursor to see how foolish and compliant people were follow that it's 15 minutes to cities Um, Remember COVID when you couldn't go beyond your 15 kilometre limit from home? Seriously, people, wake up. Cash is king. Do not comply. Another one. We went to the three arena in Dublin months back. There was one till out of God knows how many that would accept cash. The queue was a mile long all night. It was ridiculous. And a final one for now. It's a disgrace. Kids rides in Douglas Court are tap only after taking away the change slot. So I haven't gone there since. I wouldn't support any business if they don't take cash. And Peter would say the same. He started this off, actually, with the photograph from the barn. Peter, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you this morning? I'm good, and I appreciate your patience. Thank you. I just wanted to get uh, the backstory from the barn themselves. So it keeps the prices down, keeps the costs down. That's what they're well, saying. First of all, I'd like to say that this is a much larger issue than just the barn response. Fair enough. Okay, well, let's this scale is a, it up then. a local issue, a national issue, and even an international issue. Um, I suppose, regards the barn restaurant, I arrived there Saturday evening for a family event. And upon entering the premises, I see the sign in front of me that cash is not accepted here. So, straight away, I wasn't too happy with this, but obviously, like I, I didn't want to cause a scene. I didn't want to cause upset my family members and everything. So, I had the meal, um, sat down, um, and then after the meal, I just approached the manager and I expressed my opinion. I said, look, I'm not happy with the, the policy you have in place here. I said that, um, like, I, I just um, said I, I disagree with this. I, I said, what about maybe people who are an older generation, you know, poor people, you know, people who are vulnerable, like they cannot eat and dine in your restaurant. Um, and uh, whilst the manager, he um, listened to me, he kind of said like that I was in the vast minority of people and the majority were happy. With and they, and they stand that. by that, actually. Even Paul Dolan is saying that, that even the more people talk about them not taking cash, the busier they get. Free advertising. Well, uh, well I don't know. I put this post up 10 o'clock yesterday morning and uh, the, the, the attention has received has been unreal like those. I know it's been shared thousands times now already. Um, so if they do believe that the vast minority of people don't, do not want cash, they, I, I think they're very wrong. It looks like the vast majority of people want cash. And it's not just about cash. Like, I'm not a Luddite either, you know. I believe that we should use technology, but I believe that cash should always be available to use as well because it is legal tender at the end of the day. And why would we 
discriminate. And this is what we're doing. Um, I know Paul was on there earlier. He said it's basically a 100% business decision. But this business decision is discriminating against older people. It's discriminating. He thinks not. He says that we shouldn't write older people off, that they do have debit cards. They may not have all of the smartphone technology and be uh, savvy online, but they have a debit or a credit card, a well-capable user. I guarantee there are many older and elderly people listening to the show right now, and they will disagree 100%, and those people would like to deal in cash. They've always dealt in cash, and they would like to see that continued. My father's and, well and into his 80s. He'll be 89 years old next in next April and he's got a credit card and a debit card and he's always tapping. Yes, but there's exceptions as well, yes, obviously. So officially, like, um, it's estimated that 2% of the population of Ireland, which is 100,000 people, do not have a bank account. So what are these people meant to do? What are people who are maybe homeless, you know, might have a little, some cash, are they not allowed into the restaurant? I do feel no. for people who are on the streets looking for a few bob for a cup of coffee or a sandwich. People, people don't have, they're not carrying change. I get that, what you're saying. Maybe a person who's mentally maybe disabled, you know. Maybe they have a little bit of cash to for some independence to buy stuff. No, they can't. They mightn't be able to have an account, you know, a bank account. No, they can't yeah. use their cash. So it, it, it's a discrimination, in my opinion, Um and that's my main issue uh, against it. It's discriminatory, but not illegal. It's not illegal, uh, technically, but obviously cash is legal tinder. Why do we have a system in this country where businesses are, are allowed to say that cash is not accepted? Well, on the so basis we that he said, he gave some examples of the prices of the lunch or the breakfast or the dinner because of the costs, without going into in too much detail, insurance premiums that go up for holding huge amounts of cash, the transportation company who brings it to it from the bank have to be paid, the bank have to be paid for the depositing and the withdrawal of cash and all that kind of stuff, waiting time taken up by staff, going from table to table, the till, printing the bill, all of this stuff, it would drive the prices for food up. So he never took into account that every transaction fee, there's a, a percentage fee of 1.5 to 3.5% every time you tap your card. Um, that, that hasn't been taken into account, you know, when it comes to a, a business decision, and and just on these cards and 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 tapping and all that. Like if 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 I was to purchase something off an individual using cash, say if I was to use fifty euros cash, and I would give that person fifty euros for a product, and a hundred percent of that fifty euros would be kept in the in the public domain, and then that person might use that fifty euros to buy something else and something else. So the big winners out of this are the banks because every time a transaction is made using a card, using a credit card or tapping, the bank takes 1.5 to 3.5% That's right. of that. So on a 50 euro tap transaction, the bank could charge you anything up to 150 on it? Yeah, so let's say, let's say they, they charge 2%. So they take 1 euro off that 50 euros if it's a bank uh, a tap transaction so then the person who received that money maybe he will go and and buy something else with a tap now the bank takes another 2% of that and then so on and so on and so on next thing 20, 30 transactions later how much of that 50 euros is left in the public domain and how much money have the banks made off that yeah, they're making good, huge money off it I have a good analogy money. on that that Ben Gilroy shared in a minute with regards to the story from his as if he was talking on behalf of 50 euro cash in his pocket however the barn aren't alone on this Uh, more and more businesses are moving away from cash it's a bit like we moved away from sending letters now we send emails no one was roaring and screaming about that 
you know? Yeah, so it, it, it is a business decision at the end of the day. Uh, Paul made it perfectly clear that it was a 100% business decision. And it's le- he's legally entitled to do that at this moment in time. Now, I believe legislation should be brought in place that cash should be made acceptable in all premises, in all businesses, in all organisations. But I would say to the people of Cork and to the people of Ireland, if a business decides to not let you into their business and not let you buy a product because you have cash, I would say to the people to vote with your feet, to not um, attend that business, not give your money to that business and go to a business where they both accept cash and where they accept tax. And would that be like a, a supermarket as well or an electrical shop or someone that was selling your furniture or bedding? Anyone that refuses cash... And, any business. Cash is legal tender in the story. Why are we discriminating against okay. people okay. who use cash? Okay, okay. Let's get some more calls on it. Thank you, Peter. You started all this up last night. Thank you for that. Peter Donahue. Edward's on four. Good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Your tuppence worth, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> I'll tell you now what I would do, right, if, if it's not law, right, it's not, it's not against the law for them to do that. I would take out my phone at the end of my meal Press record, make a video, I'd leave the price in cash up on the table and walk out the door. I've paid for my meal as far as I can turn. Right? <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Is, is that against the law? Can I, mm. uh, am, I, am I stealing? Exactly. Mm, it's no, all this red no. tape. You, 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 you wouldn't be, and, and I'm sure that they ultimately then would be forced to take it because you were paying, no but you might, cause a, you might cause a scene, you know? Oh, but sure, look. Come here. I mean, they're, they're clearly causing a scene themselves and getting free advertising. I mean, I'm sure they make more than enough money with that kind of footfall. I'm listening to, I, I, I listen to the manager on the radio there. They're making more than enough money to cover the, the, the cash costs, right? I mean, they, they can break it down, whatever. Oh, we have a guy standing here. So does every other business. You know what I mean? Now, I heard their food is fantastic and all that. We're supposed to go there myself during the week. I'm not going to go there just because of that alone. Like, why? Do I mean, you, do you, do you, are you a cash merchant? Yeah, you just carry cash. Do you not have a car? I, I, co- I co own a, a property maintenance company, Neil, right? Yeah. I have the option for bank transfers, checks, car payments via sum up, Revolut. But I, 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 there's no way in hell I'm going to say no to cash. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, why, why would I do that? Like, you know? Now, I understand I don't have a big, huge, you know, staff. I have less than five staff. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the cost for me would be significantly lower. But at the end of the day, I deal with I do deal with a lot of the elderly. And I do find that when I go to, we'd say, a young couple who might be first-time buyers or, you know, uh, early to late, uh, mid to, even to mid-30s, I find that it's all bank transfers and Revolut and, and this kind of thing. It's because it's what they were, that's what they were reared with and it's very normal for them. And, and 70%, I would say, of my... My business comes from probably over 55s. And 95% of that 70% pay me cash. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how they deal with it. Yeah. Now, I, I, I go up to them and they're like, how would you like to be paid? I give them all my options. I say, you can pay me by check. I said, I have a card machine in the van. I said, I accept Revolut. And I'm asked, will I take cash? So, I mean, for him to say that the elderly, you know, are, are completely techie, savvy and all that. Some are. I've noticed that myself, 100%, but the majority are not. Okay, but there is no law being broken here. Um, and it was actually no. Pascal Donahue who said this in an Oroctus question when he totally. said, if a business yeah. specifically says um, that they don't take cash, the customer cannot subsequently claim a legal right to pay in cash. Now, you no, could, no, you could no, drop it on the counter can't. and walk out. I know oh, what you're... Yeah, yeah. Exactly, that, and that's what I would do. They, there, there's, no, there's no law saying that they can't do that 100%, but there's no law saying I can't take it. I take my iPhone out of my pocket, press record, 
of me placing the money on the counter, the bill, with an old fiver tip for our server, and walk out the bloody well door. Yeah. And press stop when it's Probably I, when not. I, I don't think anybody would stop you. They might be a bit annoyed uh, or discommoded, but they wouldn't stop you. Leave them at it. My belly's full and I paid for my meal, I broke an Ola. Okay, so if you saw a sign, like, say, for instance, the one in the barn, we do not yeah. accept cash, would you turn on your heel and walk away? Why would you? There's plenty of other good restaurants around the place. Definitely, okay. right. 100%. You would even do it if there were other people with you going in for the meal and they were quite happy with it. You would still refuse. No, in that position, I, I would leave my, 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 my part of the bill or my, my, my share of the bill, whatever I ate or drank or whatever, I would leave that in cash. And I, 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 yeah, I might cause a scene, that's fine, but cash cannot be taken out of society. It just can't be done. Because Look, we can go into conspiracy theories. We can do all that jazz, right? I'm not one for conspiracy theories, you know all the COVID conspiracies and all, you know, the Illuminati, all this carry on, right? But I do honestly believe governments globally are trying to remove cash and it is simply down to to people not making cash so everything can be traded. Where are they? What are they spending on? How much have they got to spend? Well, that's data. Data is the new money. Yeah. It's about how much they're making and how much are we, revenue, government, entitled to of that. Okay. Okay, no, it's a sensible approach. Thank you for it. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Edward. Dave, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Keeping? I'm good. Uh, money is a dirty thing, as in notes, is it? Yes. Um, a, a couple of years ago, I worked with one of the pillar banks. I'm not going to mention names okay, or anything like that. And um, this was before the branches were going cashless, as they're now called, because they all have machines in them. But you'd have guys coming in like, you know, no, I'm not making any state against things like, but you'd have fellas that would be working outside, working, you know, in garages and stuff like that. Construction, like, garages, and, farmers, things like that. Exactly, exactly. And like these guys, you know, they're taking 10 or 15 minutes off, you know, to run down to the bank to lodge in the money. They're not washing their hands and all this sort of stuff to the level that money could be considered clean. You know, it'd be, and they'd be like, I'm not joking, you like pulling and, 50s out of their pockets and fivers and you know all the coin like every every time I would come off the cash desk I would have to wash my hands for a good five minutes and antiseptic wipes and why would, they, would your hands be filthy black really black with, black with the dirt now sometimes if the notes were very very fresh it might be ink you know like sort of newspaper yeah. that you might get a little rub off that but money is absolutely dirty yeah. I have been cashless for about 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you miss uh, it? I find, no. It, it, well, first of all, I can't be annoyed by people on the street, you know, and, you know, people selling things or beggars or anything. I have nothing to give them. Yeah. I literally do not have a cent on me. Yeah. I was lucky enough back um, 10, 12 years ago, a lot of banks were offering free banking at the time. I jumped at the offer of that and I haven't changed my account since. So I don't have to incur the fees that most people would, yeah. i.e. transaction fees. If I was paying two cents every time I tap my card, I might consider it completely different and go to the ATM and take out money. But since I haven't changed well, my account, yeah. I'm lucky in that regard. Yeah, and you stay in, in you don't you don't uh, overdraw, so therefore there's no charges. Could I, could I just exactly. read this for you? Because you're somebody with a banking background. Ben Gilroy said, if I have, I have 50 euro cash in my pocket, going to a restaurant, I pay the 50 euro cash for dinner. The restaurant owner then uses the 50 euro cash to pay, say, for the laundry. The laundromat owner then uses the 50 euro cash to pay the hairdresser. The hairdresser uses the 50 euro cash for shopping. After an unlimited number of payments, it will still remain 50 euro cash, which fulfills its function for anyone who uses it for payment. And no need for banks 
on every cash transaction. But if I did the very same thing and paid the restaurant digitally, say tapped, the bank charges a 3% fee for my payment transaction. That's 150. After 30 digital transactions, the initial 50 euro will become 5 euro. And the remaining 45 euro is the property of the banks because of digital transactions. Paying in cash gives you freedom, control and privacy. I mean, that's a great economic example of what happens well, to a 50 euro note. Exactly. And that's why, you know, money always stays in, what would you say, the, the circular economy. Like, you know, like, as you say, you go and you pay your 50 euros to the, the you know, to the restaurant here and he takes the 50 out of the till and he goes across the road and everything, you know, and that keeps the money, you know, as it is circulating in the economy, like, you know. Which, as you say, but like, you know, that's why people have to be a bit savvy as well. I would, I, but I would but say, people need to be savvy to the fact that banks, we know of the banks. AIB got into hot water, didn't they? Saying that their bank branches were going cashless. Remember that? And yeah, they didn't want exactly. customers. And there was murder exactly. over it. And the doll got involved in it saying, you can't do that. You must not close down the counters. You must continue to. You're a bank like you're supposed to have cash. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, Neil, as well, like a lot of the customers coming in, let's say business owners and stuff, they, you know, the way the system was going was they were being charged for every check they lodged. They were being charged stamp duty by the government on a, on a, on a checkbook. But the bank and then is charging they, me every time I tap. Yeah. You they see, can't like, do that if I spend cash. They can't get their hands on it. But you see, then how much do they charge you to take out cash? There's a higher fee to withdraw cash. And then some banks will charge you to go to the counter to withdraw cash. So you see, you have to be you have to be clever about. Every it. time you go to the counter, you'll find on your statement transaction fees. Fee, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. You, you see, the, you see, you know, I know where you're saying that a fifty euro note going around in the economy is a fifty euro note, and everything like that, and and that is perfect economical sense. You know, and if the 50 euros going electronically, there's fees here and there with IBAN. It gets you know, gobbled up. The 50 has gone after 30 transactions. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. It, 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 you Do you know, never have say, cash? You never carry any cash? I don't carry cash. I find it an inconvenient more than anything. If I'm carrying cash, I'm more worried that I'm going to lose it. Just I always, I love having a bit of cash. Thank God yeah, I have it, says you. Yeah, well, this is it. Like, you know, it, like no one's going to lie. Like, you know, when you take out a bit of money to, you know, pay a man to do a job or whatever, like, you know, and you have a big roll of 50s in your hand. You're going I'm, to I'm not place, talking you know? about that. I'm talking about <laughs> 60 or 70 euro, just walking around money. Yeah, yeah, you see, but if I, you, see, just, you know, if I had 60 or 70 quid on me, I'd be more likely to waste it on a coffee. And, you know, I'd go, all right, I'll get a coffee, I'll get a roll, I'll get a sandwich, I'll get a paper. And it's gone, like, well, if I just have my card on me... No, I, don't I, I could blow holes in that. I mean, it, it, like, with cash, and when you have uh, two twenties and a tenner and a fiver, you know what you have. When you're well, tapping, you're tap, 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 you haven't a clue how much you spent. You get a shock <laughs> then when you see how much you spent. Because tapping is well, too easy. We've all done that, I suppose. All right, my man, let me get a quick call on this side of uh, 11. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Edward. Joanne, good morning. Let me get my phone line sorted here. Joanne's on one. Joanne, good morning. Oh, hi, Neil. Okay, uh, a 50th in January, 14 people. Go ahead. That's right. I just came in there and I just turned on the radio and I heard you talking about um, that man was talking about the barn. Um, I just, I suppose I, I do agree with him. I thought um, not being able to pay cash was mad, but I knew that when I booked it, it was my sister's birthday, uh, 50th. But what really annoyed me was 
when we went to pay, each of us with our own card, some of us were paying for our elderly relations, blah, blah, blah. But they actually said to us, oh, no. Like, I went up to say, look, I'd like to pay for this, 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 and this, you know. And they said, oh, no, you'll have to go now, take the menu, go back down to your table, tot it up, and then come up to us at the till and tell us how much you owe. Now, I thought that was ridiculous because I felt I'm doing your work for you. Yeah. But also then, I was... How many cards, though, were you looking to split the bill well, with? I was paying for, we say, I was paying for two people, my mother and myself. There was other people paying for their aunts, their mothers, other people were paying for themselves, whatever they got, you know. But what happened then, as I came back up, I was stood behind another person from another table for 10 minutes at the till because she was doing the same, trying to pay for this, 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 and trying to add it up herself. Whereas normally you'd go up and you'd say, I paid for this, this, and the person would tot it up and you pay them. Is that, very, is, that, is that fairly prevalent people do that? They might just pay their own section of a, of a bill. In this case, it was a, a 50th. You could have, what, four or five different cards, is it? Um, everybody would use that before you pay yourself. But my point being is, I wouldn't normally go up and say, I had, I had this meal, that meal, two coffees, a dessert, and I'm paying for all of that, you know. But this time they said, oh no, we can't touch it up for you. You have to go back to the, the table. Go away and do the, the maths yourself. And add it up yourself. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I had basically said, well, you know, now you can imagine somebody on another table somewhere else, they were trying to pay for a lot of people. And they, I was 10 minutes waiting for them to finish at the gym. Okay, and what was it like when you went back down and had to do all of the sums yourselves? Was that tough? No, not really, because I was only paying for myself and my mother. But my point being is I felt, why am I doing their work for them? Yeah, I know what you're you know? saying, but out comes and the calculator why, on your why, mobile why phone. Import- why are they more important than my time? Because I stood behind another to pay and there was another table trying to do it as well. But they were at the counter and I was stood there for 10 minutes before I could pay. I actually felt like, you know what, I'd rather go off and say, you know, you know I just thought it was very disrespectful. Um, that they should have done that element of the work, yeah. yeah they yeah. should have. And yeah. I thought, you know, I'm paying you for food, fair enough. But I'm now paying you. I'm paying also for your staff who are not doing the, their work. Okay. Not their fault, but okay. the management. Okay. And, and it also, all, to be it, honest it, with you, I have to say, we were staying an hour. I didn't mind that because we were chatting before we ever even got anything. An hour sitting there. Before, before you even got, got served, is it? Before we even got a starter. Oh, uh, was it very busy, I wonder, on the night? It was, but they were. But And you, you don't mind waiting. That's no problem. But it just felt, I felt that they were very disrespectful to actually say to us, oh, go, go down there and toss it up yourself. Okay. We're not taking your money. How was everything when you did get served and fed? Um, let me put it this way. Most people in our group said, no, we wouldn't come back here. Why? You know? Now, maybe they were very busy and probably understaffed, um, but it wasn't really even worth waiting for the food. It was below average. Okay, well, that's just sad. That's a sad and thing to say. And then I suppose the fact that they said, oh, I was standing there for 10 minutes trying to pay, and they said, no, go back now. And, you know, okay. I felt that I was just the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Okay, but thank I you for that. expected to do their work. You okay, know? thanks, Joanne. Get in touch. Help. Yeah, go ahead. You know, for, sorry, sorry, Shane. Just, just um, go ahead, just finally, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I was kind of saying to myself, well, would I went, if I went into a shop now and bought, we'll say, a coat, would I go up to the, the shop, the, the cash regi- register and say, I owe you, we'll say, 20 euros for that? No, the shop regi- the, the cash person would say to me, 20, that's 20 euros, please. Yeah, I know, but that's a single time. But I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Okay. All right. Thanks, Joanne. Back after 11. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Paul Dolan was back once to a correction. He says that 98% of their transactions are debit cards and they'd only, and only pay 0.1% on transactions. Uh, the customer pays nothing. And then what he's saying is that they 
what is that saying? That 98% of their transactions is debit cards and the barn pays only 0.1% on transactions, is it? Um, but the customer ultimately will, I'm open to correction on this, but the customer who uses the debit card would ultimately be charged by the bank for use of the card. You're charged for all transactions. I hope that makes sense. Back after 11. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show Meanwhile in Switzerland as we speak they have a thing over there called a popular vote and if you can get enough signatures you can trigger a popular vote in their parliament to change a law and the figure needed to to trigger a popular vote is 100,000 people have to sign they have got 100 they've got 111,000 signatures for what you might ask well to keep cash in the Swiss society um, and to prevent Swiss citizens uh, becoming cashless. So that's a pressure group that now have enough signatures to trigger a popular vote on the issue. Meanwhile, down in Don Manway, there's a sign that says cash is king. Cash is our preferred method of payment. With cash, we retain 100% of its value. The card processing companies get percentages and the big banks get percentages. But... When you pay with cash, they get zero percentages. Support your local independent business by paying by cash and keeping cash alive. So, some interesting texts on that one. For everyone saying it's the new normal to just deal with it, there are so many elderly people out there who don't use cars and don't use the internet. No one gives a damn about them. I've been in two premises in Cork City alone last night and both have signs up everywhere saying it's card payment only. So it's not anything exclusive to one establishment. There are lots. Stayed in a hotel in Dublin last year and when booking the room they never told me they don't take cash. I'd ordered a meal and a drink and when I went to pay they said sorry, no cash. I was mortified in front of friends as I didn't have enough in my bank to pay but I was carrying cash. I think if you even check into a hotel nowadays they will want a credit card from you or a debit card in case I suppose you do a runner or something you can come down and pay with cash the next morning if they'll take it but they certainly will want some sort of plastic. Heard a story last week about a man that takes his wife out once every two weeks and uses his card for the night. When he applied for a mortgage, they said he was spending too much on recreational treats and he was refused the mortgage. He asked, how could I fix this for the future? And they advised him to withdraw the cash for the night out. As in, it affected his mortgage application because he had too many digital transactions. Ryanair won't accept cash. The last time I flew with them, I was going to buy perfume and they wouldn't take the cash. So I refused to pay by card. Cash is king. It's legal tender. One or two more. We all need to go back to paying bills with cash or else we will become a cashless society. And the banks are making a fortune from all of our cards. Eventually, there will only be plastic, Neil, which is ridiculous. We are so controlled. It's bad enough that the internet knows everything about us. Do you ever notice when you're talking about something to someone and then an ad pops up for it on your phone? No data protection whatsoever. It's a joke. I have noticed it all too often. Uh, Lovely place for a few drinks and a bit of grub. The barn, the staff are always very nice. If people want to use cash only, there are hundreds of other places they can go. Society is heading cashless, whether we like it or not, and Ireland is actually lagging behind other countries when it comes to cashless. Let people make up their own mind instead of bad-mouthing a business on social media. They're packed to the rafters seven days a week, so they must be doing something right. 
And if you're caught off guard with cash, you can still use it in there to buy a voucher and use that. Well, don't know whether you... whether I don't know... Whether, I can't imagine that if you can't pay for the meal in cash, you can't buy the voucher in cash. But anyway, welcome to correction. Um, they're certainly doing the numbers anyway. Lisa, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Um, do you know of many establishments that are just card and no cash? Because years ago, it was no credit cards accepted um, and cash no, was given. I, I, there's not very many places that just say it's just cash only but like I mean that's perfectly fine you know what I mean if if you don't have the cash or the, the card on you all you have to do is give the money to your buddy and let them pay for it on their card you know what I mean one of you is bound to be like because for instance my friend she pays most things with her card mm. do you know so and where are you at with it are you card or are you cash I don't really mind I'm happy to do both I mean I work in um, a bar restaurant and I mean, people come up, some people pay with cash, some people pay with cards, and that's absolutely fine. Okay, so money your point is that it's paid. manky, though, that the money, the <laughs> cash is dirty. Oh, it is It is dirty. Like, that, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, when you're counting there, or you maybe we're doing the tip jars or something like that, like, you'd have to put gloves on you when you're working with it, because when you take off, like, the gloves are, you know, those clear kind of white Yes, gloves. I do, yeah. I only mean, too when well. you're finished counting, the gloves are absolutely filthy with the dirt. So they like cash is dirty, but like okay, wash your hands. You don't have to accept it if you don't want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I've no problem with doing both. But what I have an issue with there is the lady saying, <clears throat> "Sorry, there, no need of sore throat." Um, the lady saying that like how it's inconvenient when she's going up to pay and there has to be out like for someone's birthday. So there's about I suppose seven or eight of them there going up paying individually, and she's saying how the, she has <laughs> to wait. Like that That's the reason she has to wait. Because they're all paid individually. Could you not get the bill, pick out what you have from it yourselves, let one person go up and pay for it, and then you spend it with that person? That's what we do when we go uh, uh, Explain that again to me now, please, when oh. everyone went to college. What should you do? <laughs> now, what you should do is get the bill off the, the staff or whatever, yeah. then bring it down to the, your table. You go through it with the girls, and what we normally do, we just split it equally between everybody, just divide it up between however many of us is there, and just pay that you know, to one person and the one person then will go up and pay on her card the full bill. But how do you pay her to go up with the card? We could either, some people will pay her with cash and some people will pay Revolut or... Revolut amount. You know? Yeah, but this yeah. argument is about people that don't have a debit card and don't use Revolut. I mean, I use it, you use it. Like, but not everybody, you know, they just have but, cash. Yeah, but then that person, as I said, they give the cash of what their amount came to. True. Very easy, yeah, you know, yeah, there yeah. you go, like I'll pay you cash. And like, I'm quite willing to accept the cash instead of someone revoluting me, do you know? Like do you split the bill equally amongst all of the group? Yeah, now if there's someone and they don't drink alcohol or whatever, or they've had just a salad, then we'd say... Well, like, is it, like, so I've had a Caesar salad and you've had yeah. a T-bone steak. I'm, well, pay, then, you're, not, you're, I'm no, paying for your T-bone steak. No, we wouldn't do that, obviously. Like, most of us would get the same sort of, you know, value to each meal. But then there might be that one girl that might have, like, as you said, a, a salad and she might have, like, a glass of um, Ballygown or something rather yeah, than yeah. a drink. Then obviously we'd say to her, right, yours, your salad was 10 euros and your Ballygown, so you just give us 15 euros and then we split the rest between all of okay, us. Okay, so it we works. All had yeah, yeah. It works. yeah okay, it's, okay. it's very easy. And then you're not wrecking the staff head by going up and going... I'm paying for this, I'm paying for that, because always this last person that comes up to pay is the one that's caught for someone that didn't tell you what they 
forgot that they had, we say like well, an extra drink. Yeah, yeah, d- that's true. Yeah, someone else is caught with it, is it? Yeah, so yeah, then they have to pay for it because someone has to pay for it because it was all brought to the table. Do you know what I mean? know it so, has to be paid. I mean, the barn came yeah. back again and said that. Um, uh, that they don't split bills because when people split bills then there's always someone left with other people's yes. things because they forget to pay for a cocktail here or a drink exactly. there. So they cut out the hassle of that by not splitting the bill. They tell customers do it themselves. I can't, I I can't, I can't, you're, you're also in the trade so you understand that. 100% as I said because it's always the person that's left okay. at the end okay. that someone's that's forgetting to say oh and I had a cappuccino or I had do you know what I mean? And you're taking them at face value because unless you were at their table serving them the whole night, someone's always left at the end. Yeah, okay. And can I just finally ask you there are now mandatory signs in restaurants about tips, about the tipping policy. The signs are all pretty much the same. They say, we don't, it's not law, we don't insist on it, but it is nice. And if you give them, the staff get them. Is that working? Are staff getting more tips because those signs are up now, or do we have to wait for the summer to see that? Well, sorry, we don't have those signs up because it's up to the customer if they want to, you know, give us a tip or not. But what we have is a tip jar and, like, my, uh, my boss is, is very good. He allows us to just spit it. I mean, he has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. If somebody pays, gives us a tip through card, what we do, we'll take for it onto their bill and then we'll take, we say, if they say, take fiver for a tip, we'll take the fiver then out of the till because it's already after been paid for by the card and put it into the tip jar. Gotcha. Yeah, I know, I know, I know that. But I think you. I think they must put up signs now. I think that's the law. I think. Well, I, I, I haven't seen one yet, unless there is one somewhere. To be back behind the bar, it might be on the door coming in and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it might be. I have, I haven't taken much notice to be honest. But like people, some people are getting a little bit better at tips. Then you could do a big table, you know. I mean, you could be running around left, right and centre, looking after them, being extremely nice, and they wouldn't leave you a penny. Do you know what I mean? You're like, you know. Like, why is, why is that intentional or do they forget or what? I think it's just meanness, to be honest with you. They it's think shame, that they're already it? paying for it, you know, yeah. already paying for the food. So is it like, a generational like, thing? I mean, are younger people better at it? Are men better than women? Women better than men? What? No, you can't really say, you know, I mean, some people would be overly ge- generous and some people, you know, you get the bare minimum, but at least they're giving you something that's acknowledging what you're doing, you know. You wish so, you want, you'd want like 10%, wouldn't you? Well, look, I, we'd be happy with anything because then that just shows that you were happy with the service and you, know, you appreciate what we were doing for you. Yeah, you know, and the new law now, the new law now, Copper fastens it, it's law now. Every tip has to go to the staff. There's no messing about Christmas parties or no yeah, messing oh no. about taking 30% of it and all this kind of thing. You got to get it. No, yeah, we do. Like, as I said, what we do is, like, we go by the roster. So whoever's doing, you know, the, like, if you do most nights, obviously, then you get a bigger percentage or most days. Do you know what I mean? That works out fair because it's not fair to give, I think, the person that's doing one day, the exact same as someone that's working the last five shifts, you know? Yeah, it's not a case like in America where the person that waits the table keeps all of the money from the table, no? No, well, no, like okay. around Christmas okay. time, all right, like, you know, when, when people come in, because as I said, it's more of a bar than, than a restaurant as such. Like, 
people will specifically come up to the person that would serve them, we'd say through the air and say, here, this is your Christmas box and would give you, you know, 10 that's or 10 yours, euros. Then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. them for you, which none of us have any problems with that. And one final... You know, like everywhere, yeah, yeah. everyone has their favourites. Yeah, and one final question, I know I'm blinding you with questions. You know when you hear oh. people... And the barman or the barwoman they can find the guy and say, have one yourself, right? And they take yeah. for it. And, and they could have that maybe, I don't know, it was recently down in Kerry and I heard people doing it four or five times with the barman. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. he's not going to drink all of that. He's not going to have, he's going to take the money, is he? <laughs> no, you, ha- you have a choice. So what we would do, we'd either print off the receipt that he's after getting us the drink, buying us the drink. Yeah. And so each time, if he wants to buy us a drink, we print it off. So then you could just keep them and you could come in some night on your night off or you could have one or two. You know what I mean? You could just use them that way. Oh, or right. you could take the cash. Or take the cash. I'd say taking yeah. the cash is probably a nicer option, is it? Well, it all depends. Sometimes, you know, if you're, you're out in the boat and you go into the premises, you kind of go, oh, sure, I'll keep two drinks. I have two drinks there paid for me. You have your receipts. That's it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? There's a few bevies behind the bar. It's a lovely exactly. feeling. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Mind, yourself, mind yourself, Lisa. Thank Cheers. You. Take Talk care. All the best. Take care. Back to the phone lines we go. Morgan's on three. Morgan, good morning. Can you hear me Hello, all right? There you are, yes. there you are. You were in town yeah. meeting your brother, was it? I was. Neil, I just get away from that for a second. I'll say one thing first. Yeah. About that fella that was crippling in the bank way to go, about the money being dirty. Yeah. The fella walked in the bank. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They should have watched it before they brought it into him. He's a pity, isn't he? I know, but I mean, if you're dealing with cash all day, apparently... Uh, that fella's probably out in the building lane away after finishing work on him. What are they supposed to do, right? <laughs> Watch the money first. Watch it for him, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's not why you hang your tile. Right, we were down to the Affy Day Clinic there a few weeks ago, and me said, my brother, when my brother drove me down, I was going down to get something done, like. Yeah, Affy Day, yeah. So, there's a restaurant up in the corner there, just up from, I don't know the name of it. All right. It's just up from it on the corner. So I said, the brother, wait in there, and I go in, and I come back out. So he waited. I said, when I come in, oh, Anthony's his name, I said, you sit down, don't be getting up, I'll get me own stuff, like. So when I went in anyway, he got up, and he said, I'll have to get up here, because they don't take cash. No, I have no cares, Neil. So he paid for my thing on his cares. So we sat down, and um, he was out to get stuff before I went in, obviously, like. Mm. So he was looking through the bill, and he said, uh, oh, there's something wrong here, like. So he called the waiter anyway. He said, I think that price is wrong. So he went away, checked the, yeah, he said, you're left me over chairs. So the manager came down. Was it much? He said, uh, uh, 10.50 or something, or 10.20 need. Overcharged, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So that's grand. I know, do you think they paid me brother back? <laughs> they gave him the cards. See what I mean, like. But the sign said, we only take cards. Yes, yeah. but when they made a mistake, they paid them back in cash. So there is cash on the premises. Well, su- there you are, that's the point they're making. Like. I suppose they are trying to discourage people from using cash. But if you Which only I had have, cash... I, yeah. yeah, well, I have no cares, need, like I'd have to pay in cash for the rich, like. And do you pay when you get it, or do you pay when you're leaving? No, I never, I never, um, how will I say it, I never came across that situation yet, like, where I had to, where I went into a place, only that place, no, like. No, I'm just wondering, if well, you went into an establishment and you didn't see a sign or something and you went up and you ordered a burger and chips or something and yeah. you sat down and you ate it and then you went to pay and they said, card only, and you only I'd had have cash. I'd cash, though. They'd have I'd to ha- take I'd have it. No other cho- well, I'd have no other choice, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but if I went into a place and I saw a card only, I'd just walk out again and go somewhere else, like. Why don't you get yourself a debit card or a Revolut card? I need stuff, no. Just- <laughs> All right, <okay. laughs> All right, bye. All right. All right, cheers, Morgan. Take care. Just one more ahead of the ad break. Trevor, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. We've moved on to the um, dirtiness and the unhygienic uh, aspect of cash. Correct. Um, a lot of people, if you watch them uh, doing contactless payments, actually touch their phone or their credit card off the machine. Yeah. Watch it now. I've noticed it a lot. Now, on your phone, there's 24,000 bacteria per square inch on your phone. That is a lot of bacteria, a lot of dirt and filth. It's a statistical fact. I mean, if you take women, they go into the bathroom, they put their phone on the ground or they put it on the toilet seat or they put it on the sink. They cut your card is the same. I don't your know anybody that would put their phone on the ground in a public toilet, I, but anyway. I, I've, I've heard of people doing this. All right. So, um, if, you, um, if you have a card, it's the same. You're touching your card. A lot of people are touching their card off the machine. So when you touch it, you're picking up their germs as well. Now, uh, money coming straight out of an ATM machine is more hygienic than your phone or your card. I'm saying only when it comes out of the machine after it's been used for a while. Different ball game. Now, um, if, if we go down the cashless route, uh, at the moment, the, the people who are supplying stuff to you are being charged between 1.5 and 2.5%. But you can be damn sure when they have it as a captive audience, they start charging us as well. And if you take 6, 7, 8 billion transactions per day in the card at 1.25, that's a hell of a it lot is. of money. And that. that's why the banks were trying to get rid oh, yeah. of cash. Yeah. And, and close down counters and ATM everything. Thing. Another thing that would happen... Oh, actually, they were taking the ATMs out as well. So go on, yeah. Were, yeah, yeah. It's a gimmick to make money and ride us into the ground. And in Canada, I, heard, I read there recently, there was some protest over and they froze people's accounts, their credit card accounts, unless they signed a document saying they wouldn't take part in the protest again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and on, yeah. Top, on top of that, then, the, re- the revenue, if you uh, have a babysitter, say, Mary Murphy and it's credit card then to credit card and there'll be a knock at the door guarantees and people say oh this never happened but we were told years ago lots of things wouldn't happen and they did they'll say are you a registered as an employer to employ Mary Murphy and you say no well you have to and then they say Mary Murphy is under 16 so you can't employ her so then you get somebody over 16 and next one there's another knock on the door health and safety have you trained Mary how to lift the baby in case she put out her back no and where, where does she have her brakes and wash hands on the sink over there not good enough have to change and dirty nappy she needs her own room she needs her own sink she, and she has to have a half an hour break every four hours and, and, come on, like, this thing and all of that is because you tapped with the card no no uh, it's because they're trying to get us go cashless well because you're much more traceable than if you're dealing you're in cash you're much more traceable cash they can be very anonymous you see you yeah, know it doesn't, yeah. t- it d- know doesn't tell stories are. No, they can they can say what bar you're in, what restaurant you're in, what food you bought, what clothes you bought, and they can sell that then to companies to bombard you with advertising. The whole thing is crazy if we go cash. Good if stuff, we go good cash stuff. Thing. Thank you for that. Have a great day. Thank you, Trevor. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Corks Red FM. I remember last October, or sure, pardon me, last August, uh, I remember James Toomey, the lad sent me a photocopy of James Toomey's post and the boys and girls in Aka. He said, the internet system at the Aviva Stadium crashed last night. This is back in August, meaning all match scorers got free drinks and food as they don't accept cash only card payments at the venue. The queues for the bar all around the stadium were 20 people deep as the word quickly spread about free food and drink at the American football match. <laughs> and there's some photographs of big queues and cleaned out restaurants 
where all of the actual shelving themselves were completely and utterly bare. That's when the internet at the Viva went down. If cashless is pushed upon us, how do we give money to kids for birthdays and communions? How do we give someone change to the homeless? Do little kids now have to sign up to Revolut or something in order to receive little treats or gifts? Get over it, lads. It's the future. Go to the UK. Loads of places like this. It's hardly surprising. Uh, One or two more. I'm more annoyed that to renew your driving license, you need a card. They don't take cash. With all the other businesses, you can shop elsewhere. But you can shop elsewhere to renew your driving license. I had to get a debit card just to renew my license. I complained to them and the central bank. And it's legal to refuse cash. While I don't agree with it, unfortunately, there is currently no law in Ireland that requires a business to accept cash as a method of payment. Although the vast majority of businesses accept cash, it's not a specific legal requirement. In Ireland, where a business has no restrictions on the type of payment it accepts, it must accept cash when offered by a customer to pay for goods and services. But if the business specifies that they only accept card payments, they do not need to accept cash. And you can't claim that it's illegal. It is a pain, but for an employer-employee point of view, it's a much, much safer way to have no cash on the site of the business. Cash is king, says one final one. I was told by a restaurant that it's due to insurance and having no cash on the premises. Again, we're being held to ransom by insurance companies. But at least if you were informed beforehand, you then have a choice to stay dine or leave. There are too many bank fees for customers and businesses as it is. You won't have that with cash because cash is king. Uh, To the phone line, there's a big response also to the uh, misfortunate horses that I was talking about at the start of the programme. Hopefully I'll have an update on that before quitting time to see if they got fed, if nothing else. Josie, good morning. Uh, Good morning, how are you? I'm good. This one's really taken off. Uh, More and more businesses refusing cash. Your thoughts? Well, when I heard of it first aid, the first people that I thought it would impact would be poor people, as usual. Because, let's be honest now, we all know at some stage we look for a fella to do a foxer. Do you understand? If your your heating breaks down or your electricity goes, what's going to happen then? You have to go to a professional company and pay through the nose. So poor people again will pay. Well, I suppose technically the fellow doing the Foxer shouldn't be doing work for cash. It's not fair on all the people who pay tax, you know? I know that, but I'm talking now about very poor people that can't afford to bring out a plumber from a registered company and pay a call-out fee. True enough. You know, for something that could take be 10 minutes to fix. And it would be Let's cheaper, be yeah, the cash would be cheaper, there'd be no invoice, there'd be no VAT, and it would be a reduced yeah. rate. Yeah, I know what you're it's saying. It's not about avoiding taxes. I'm talking about did, there is people out there that cannot and will not be able to afford to fix essential things when they break. And another thing, people have very short memories. Only a year ago, Justin Trudeau in Canada decided to freeze the bank accounts of all the truckers that were protesting about the lockdowns. That was that was incredible, wasn't it? It's absolutely, yeah. He could just bring in an emergency law, literally overnight, like we did bailing out the banks, and he froze these people's bank accounts. And these men couldn't access their pay, couldn't feed their families. They were setting up GoFundMes from. This is where this could go. People don't see this at all. Like this is all. Well, the Irish, the Irish state. There's legislation in the Irish law for, for that. I mean, the revenue can do that. If you have a revenue debt or a bill and you're not paying it or refusing to pay it or whatever, uh, or you have a VAT bill and you haven't paid it and you're a business, the revenue can freeze your banking and put a lien on the banking and put a stay on it so that 
you have no control over it and uh, they control it. And if you continue to trade in your business and money goes into the business, they can take out of your bank account what you owe them. But maybe, yeah, but that's fair enough. If if you were being if you were doing something illegal in the first place, you probably deserve that to happen. But I'm talking about these guys that were striking because they weren't allowed to they, they, because they wouldn't take a vaccine. Understood? Yeah. They would not take a vaccine. Yeah. And that's another story. And they had their bank accounts frozen. Yeah. So this is where this could lead. It's all about... That led to a huge trucker protest, remember? Absolutely. It's compliance. This is what they want. They want the people just to sit back, take all this digital ID that people say, oh, it's conspiracy theory. It's not. It's happening in China. You look it up in China. You open your mouth about the government. They can turn off your internet. They can freeze your bank card. They can stop you from booking a flight. It's all there in black and white. There are other countries countries besides China that have limits on people's social media, I can tell you. I was doing a a pre-recorded interview there recently with somebody who was in uh, Dubai and uh, I couldn't talk to them on WhatsApp. I couldn't talk to them on all sorts of different messaging apps because the country had shut them down. (laughs) And that's where we're headed. And Italy is the first country now in the EU look it up, is going to implement the social credit system. It's going to be rewards. Is understood? You you if you if you want to buy it if you want to have a flight overseas, you have to have your carbon footprint. This is all coming by twenty thirty. And it's not conspiracy. What do you mean? That happening. there will come a time in twenty thirty where you'll be refused a flight because you've used up your carbon footprint mileage, you've is it? Used, absolutely you've used up your carbon footprint. It's all there in black and white that it's coming. And this is only the start of it. And I'm, I'm laughing at the guy saying money is dirty. I mean, sure, you could have went to the toilet and wiped your whatever with your bank card before you handed it to him. Well, that's true. So, like, that's true that's a bit well, your mobile like, phone is probably filthy as well. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? All and right. and like, it just has to stop now. People need to wake up to the, the big agenda that's coming, out, coming up now. Thank you, Josie. Have a good day. Kate, good morning. Hi, Neil. Okay, pick up on this. What are your thoughts? Okay, I... Originally, I was ringing about a situation that my elderly father found himself in last week. But I was listening to your show this morning, and you had that man on from the barn. Yeah. Uh, Paul was his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know how you, you had him on about an issue of cashless society, and he, they were refusing cash. He was very dismissive of the elderly. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said... A tiny minor. Why would I change my policy for a tiny minority that does not use cards? His policy is fine, but his attitude was absolutely despicable. Ah, uh, well, despicable is a strong word. He said a lot it, more than that. He talked about he, food costs and food prices yeah, would go up. And what he did was he bigged himself up and used it as an advertising campaign. No, I called him. No, I, I asked him on. It wasn't the other way around. I mean, well, that's, that's okay, but his attitude was. You, you let him away with that comment that why would I change the policy for a tiny minority? This tiny minority are elderly. Neil, yesterday's programme, you had two lovely ladies on speaking about the, the treatment of their beautiful fathers and the way they were treated. And, and I will have more of those as well. It's a separate issue. Yeah. It is a separate yeah. issue, Neil. Yeah. Um, but this is all about ageism. I mean, the, 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 the elderly in the society have been completely disregarded. They're not being accommodated in... They, they, can't, they can't manage the internet, they, the majority of them. I know, I, you're, I right. Felt, you're right. I felt Paul's attitude 
was very dismissive. Um, I thought he was very superior and smug. And as I said, yesterday's programme, you had two th- those two ladies told heartbreaking stories about the elderly. I, I know, I know that's a separate issue. Um, during the pandemic. And but the vulnerability still, of our elderly in general, it's yeah. It's still going on. And it's so your still, dad then doesn't have, just getting back to this morning, a debit card or a credit card or anything like that? He has a debit card, but he's terrified of it. He's an elderly gentleman. He went down to a bank in Douglas last week to pay his house insurance. And he went in, as he always did, with his wad of cash. And he was told by a young man at the counter, oh, we don't accept cash. This is a bank in Douglas. They don't we, you, take cash you, across the bank counter. We don't accept cash for in, uh, house insurance. What in the name so, of God are things coming to? They've got a safe full of cash behind them. Of course they do, Neil. This is ridiculous. My dad went down in good faith, paying his insurance, paying his way, he went in and the young gentleman behind the counter, we don't take cash, go online to pay. And he said, how am I supposed to go online? Or oh, use your phone. Sure, Jesus, love us, my dad's nearly 80. He only has one of these Doro phones. Of course he has. He doesn't have a smartphone. He doesn't have a 1,300 euro iPhone 14. Yeah. All, it's all cash, as, as these people are quoting earlier callers. Cash is king. This is the way the elderly deal they deal with cash. So he told him, go on his phone, and my dad got help us. How do you pay him? What happened in the end? They told him to go over to the branch, uh, his own branch where he, uh, his pension goes into, and get a bank draft. God almighty, would you take the cash off the man? For God's take sake. Take the cash off the man. They made him go over to his bank, get a bank draft. Sure, my dad, but now to do that, now, they, they well, were see, lovely, the, lovely in the in his own bank in Bank of Ireland in Douglas. Yeah, and the, the lovely girl there, she 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 spoke him through it, and she gave him. So he had to go back over to the other branch then and pay it. I did actually phone the. Can I name the? Oh, you mean uh, if it happened, it's fine. I have no issue with it if it happened. It was a, a permanent TSB in Douglas. Well, they do it? they do take cash. I banked there. Maybe they well, won't take cash to pay. Uh, I did phone the bank without sounding like a complainer and I did ask to... Sp- I didn't want to be one of these ones that they say on the internet. Um, I did ask to speak a to Karen. the manager. You're not Karen. Karen. You're, you're, exactly. you're Kate. I didn't, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to be a Karen. <laughs> I didn't want to be a Karen. I love that. No disrespect to Karens. I do like it though. <laughs> <laughs> I did phone and say, I want to speak to... I'd like to speak to the manager, please. And I explained that the man is nearly 80 and he was mortified. He was very, very upset. He rang me afterwards and he was like, Kate, I think... What am I supposed to do now? I can't do the online thing. I think there should be an advocate for the elderly in banks. I really do. I think there should be, without sounding patronising, I think there should be a place in a bank for somebody who's elderly, who's not savvy enough and isn't up to date, should be able to go somewhere. They need to be accommodated. Correct. The world would be a much kinder place. That generation built this country. That generation worked all their lives, paid massive taxes taxes back in the 70s. We're causing him a lot of stress and anxiety, yeah. Yeah, he was very, very upset. Okay. And I was upset to hear him upset. And now, as I say, I did speak to the manager. He was absolutely lovely. And he explained to me that they do take cash, 
but they don't um, you can't pay house insurance because the insurance companies don't accept the cash from the bank so, mm, don't know about that they've all sorts of software and IT to be able yeah, to fix that if I they wanted just to felt I think it's just sense. that people are becoming a nuisance to banks too often, you know. They just don't yeah. want, they don't want customers coming into the banks full stop. Yeah. And that's the way this is going. And it's a sad state of affairs. Right, Kate. Thanks so much. Look after oh, yourself. And thank you, Neil. Well God done bless. for minding your dad. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. I'll come back to all the calls in the morning and a lot of texts and emails as well, but it just just want to finish up by going back to where I started this morning, and that is the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. The death toll now has topped 11,000 confirmed dead and many tens of thousands injured, of course, and unfortunately, sadly, thousands and thousands still missing. And the clock is ticking now with regards to the response trying to get the survivors out of the rubble. They say 72 hours is the critical point and the clock keeps ticking to that. Hassan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm so sorry to be even chatting with you about such an awful catastrophe. You're a Turkish barber based here in Cork with family back home. How are they? Are you worried? Uh, they are okay. Of course I am worried because the, uh, what happened and also weather conditions is minus, like it's very cold, snowing, and they got warning to not go to houses. So they are like all sleeping outside, inside the cars. So, it's of course, it's very devastating. And even though they were some hours from the epicenters of the earthquakes, their houses still shook severely and that's why they were told... Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. They, it was like shaking badly. It's not like small. It was... It took like 50 seconds or something, like the houses were shaking. And they're now sleeping in their car, of course. So many people have died and been injured or missing. It must be heartbreaking to be here so far from your native home. Yes, it is very, very, very sad Like to be away from uh, my country. And like I, can't, I wish I could be there and help people, but it's very hard. You know? And people are helping. They're incredible, aren't they? The lengths they're going they to. Are. Yes, I got a lot of messages from friends and like customers they were like sending me messages they were calling me they were all very kind people are helping and they are fundraising we are doing that and some friends came from Dublin they are coming to collect today all the clothes and stuff people need so they are gonna take this uh, stuff to Turkish embassy in Dublin so and it will go with Turkish Airlines and I believe there is a there is a coordinated effort here as well. A lot of Turkish people living in Cork, like your good self, working. You're with Charisma Turkish Barbers. There are many doing that and working in hospitality and retail and call centres and, and IT. Have you all come together as one? Uh, yes, yes, we, we did. Yeah, not all, but I, I, I heard from my, me, myself and my other few friends that came together. We, we like... Uh, gathered together and I also heard some other friends they did the same so yes I know I know and I know I know that Evren who's got uh, do you know Evren he's got Nasta know, he's got course, Nasta yes. the restaurant on Marlborough Street yes he's a very good friend of mine Evren is good he's uh, he's, he's organizing this fundraising 
Uh, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. Let me let me just bring him in on the conversation. Evren, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Morning. I'm chatting here with your pal Hassan, and we're absolutely devastated for you and for those back in in Turkey who have lost their lives, my friend. It's so sad. Thank you. Thank you very much, Niall. Thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for that. So, um, yeah, the reason I was trying to get on get on air and uh, chat with you um, uh, about this. Uh, incident, this tragedy happening in Turkey. Um, so, um, hello. Yes, I know that you've put together. You're organizing to ship sorry. as much yeah, as so you what can. We, what, we are, what we are doing at the moment is the, 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 with the help of Turkish embassy in Dublin. Um, we are fundraising here that uh, materials they need over there. Um, so, which is winter clothing, um, jackets, coats, hats, beanie hats, uh, scarves, gloves, socks, uh, thermal clothing, baby clothing, baby food, baby formula, personal hygiene materials, nappies, diapers, torch, tents. They need, they badly need a tent over there, shoes, boots, but everything has to be a winter clothing yes. and unused condition. They won't accept it if it's used condition because of virus transmission and everything. Yes, I understand. And Bear in mind, they normally would have all of these things, but they've been lost in the rubble of their flattened homes. Yes, that's right. But so um, what we have here is they, they, the reason that we're not accepting any... Uh, money or whatever so they said they need a material so we we'll, we have a designated drop-off point at the moment here i caught college in fort Drynan street and here in nostra restaurant so people they can drop it in here and we have a van going friday morning uh we started yesterday as a small and people are amount of like how they reacted is just beyond me yeah. they're so helpful and i'm bottom of my heart i'm uh, thanking everybody uh, who's contributed who's trying to help and and there's a lot of people out there they want to help, but they don't know how. So what I what I want is, if you can uh, help us uh, with that, if there are supermarkets, they could uh, organize for us a drop off points, uh, so people that they can they can buy and they can drop it over there, and we'll take care of the transportation from there on. Logistic companies, if they want to help us, taking uh, all the things we we have it here boxed out from here to Dublin. And they can get in touch with us, and and if they want to help us in any way, they'll be much appreciated. That would be a great um, idea. I hope so, somebody's working with supermarkets to allow supermarkets to put empty trolleys in locations where people can that, fill them. Exactly, that's what I was. Well, I was hoping to get. You know, you say similar thing is done for Ukraine. Uh, yes, you, for people that people are helping in Ukraine. So if if any of those supermarkets or, or all of them, even better, um, so they could have a drop off points over there, so people they can buy. Uh, these uh, the products and they can drop it over there and we'll take care of the uh, transportation part of it and what, will, will, you sh- will you tr- will you transport it then by vans all the way there yeah well the, the what we are transporting from Cork to Dublin, Dublin. at the moment yeah uh, Turkish Turkish embassy is taking care of that via Turkish Airlines cargo gotcha of course from, that makes sense so yeah. the first one uh, we organized the first one and I thought that if you will fill up one van we're doing great but just yesterday, the van is already full, and I'm and, and that's what what it looks like. You know, we're gonna need more than well, few vans. And if somebody wanna help us with the transportation, they can get in touch with me, and and we can organize that. And it, like any any way of any any sort of help will be much appreciated over there. People are in really really needy conditions of over course. there. They're not dying from earthquake anymore. They're dying from the freezing temperatures. Yes, it's so cold. They don't have a shelters. Um, so I have a. 
small baby boy, baby boy home, you know. I can't imagine him going through without a food, without a shelter, oh, no. without the clothing on himself. And I, you know, these things that it's devastating. So just trying to do our best. Um, and, and if anybody wants to help in a bigger scale, smaller scale, how can they get in touch with you? They can, they can, they can ring me. I can leave my phone number over there. They can ring the restaurant. That's no problem. And I'm just trying to organize it the best way as possible. Um, okay. Well, so any help will be much appreciated. Okay. Here. That would be the 085139 number, is it? Yes, that's okay. the one. That's 085. One three nine five eight seven eight oh eight five one three nine five eight seven eight. I think when we get off air, we might make some calls ourselves to the likes of Aldi HQ and Lidl and Dunn's and Tesco yeah, and Super Value at Musgraves. I think that could be easily done, and I'm sure that they'll jump to the opportunity to help. You know, I've sent I've sent email to all my suppliers yesterday, and I've deal some of those companies that you just mentioned over there, and they're all coming back to me with the with the positive response okay. and they're saying they're willing to help they're willing to contribute but they don't know how so uh, and I'll be much appreciated if you could pull some strings and try to uh, help us out there okay. and okay. organize it this thing and all we want is now is a snowball effect and you know the more the help we get is the better and so we can we can we can give a helping hand to people and a lot of people are they're dropping uh, some some of the used clothes and with everything in the restaurant but what we are doing is that we are also donating that to charities in here, in Cork, local charities. If local charities can get in touch with us as well, we have a lot of stuff to give away. Um, that Some of the stuffs are not good to, uh, to, ship, I know. Okay. to ship over there. So okay. we can contribute it to the charities in here. So any help, you know, so this, this will go to helping other people in here in need as well. Okay. So they can get in touch with us as well. So we'll we talk, can, we can again, we'll talk again tomorrow to see how things are being you know, set up that, and how things are driving great, on. Yeah. Thank you so much for now, everyone, and thank you as well to, to Hassan. The designated drop-off points in Cork are 4 Drynan Street, the ICOT English College in Ballon Temple, uh, or also to Nosta Restaurant on four, number 4 Marlborough Street in Cork. We'll be shipped to Dublin there and transported to Turkey uh, via Turkish Airlines. I think Alton and International Movers and Storages, actually they move me when I moved house, uh, are in discussions at the moment because they want to help. Kim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm grand, but I've only got seconds left. So what are you working on? We're working on our own in-kind aid campaign for Turkey. Um, Just reiterating what Hassan said, all the items that they're looking for in Turkey. And what we're going to do is that if, if Hassan needs you know, any assistance or whatever, and we have space in our vans after our donations um, are received, we'll bring up whatever surplus to Dublin is there. That would be incredible because you certainly have the means to move it. We do, yeah, absolutely. Look, this is something very small um, for something that's so uh, devastating in Turkey that if we can do any little bit of help, um, it will go a long way. Well done, well done. Uh, Let's see if we can get more and more people on board in the coming days because it is vital and it's urgent. Thanks, Kim. Take care of yourself. Cheers. Pamela. Thanks, Neil. Morning, Neil. How are you? I wish... uh, Yeah, I just waited more time. Your your husband, um, where is he? He's in Kushidassi, but his family are in Hartley, right in the middle of that earthquake. And is he in touch touch with them? I'm in touch with him. Just while you have seconds, Morgan's on Morgan's uh, daybreak on the Tremor Road is all in the Toker area, Tremor Road, Toker, the shop post office. They came on board last night. They're offering their services to the shop, the post office, as a drop-off point for all that you've already listed. So we won't go through that. But most, most, most importantly is 
winter clothes, winter clothes, winter clothes and tents because just this morning I spoke to my husband. He was on the phone on his laptop to his brother, uh, which is in the Hatem, which is on the border of Syria. And one of their neighbours' sons died this morning from hypothermia after his father minded him through the whole time oh, of the earthquake. So no. his father, the his cold. father called on the phone and said, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Um, Omar is alive you need to get him out you need to get him out and father died at some stage that they don't know they got the child out uh, late in the night and he died in half of the hypothermia was too late oh my so god so definitely oh is now nobody could have got close into that child anyway because he was in rubble but it's just the start of what's ahead. They're minus seven at the moment. Uh, well, they were during the night. It's a bit warmer there now, right now. Um, yeah, my husband's in Kushidassi. All his okay. family I know, are it's in tragic. Kassai, on the border of Syria. He has lost family members. I'd love if I had an opportunity to finish this conversation with you in the morning and we can drive it on yeah, as best we can, we can with regards to the help. I understand you're out of time now. Okay. And there's a lot to be told because what we're seeing is a blanket cover okay. of what I'm watching on the Turkish uh, site. Okay, talk in the morning. Thank you for that. Just final bit of business. Vincent from the CSPA, CSPCA has been back in touch. They are dropping up hay to the horses and my lovely horse have said this is a well-worn path that the horses are on private land so it's up to the Department of Agriculture. If people want to report they should send an email to the councillor department with locations and pictures but it's a regular occasion and a regular incident and they have this reported in many areas constantly. But we can come back to that in the morning because there's a big response to that also but at least the CSPCA are dropping and feeding the horses and at least that's some consolation for now have a good day I'll see you tomorrow for more Red FM podcasts go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts